Yo, man, it's a lot of brothers out there flaking and perpetrating, but scared to kick reality. Push these niggas off me like who? Push these bitches off me like who? Push these niggas off me like who? Pushing the snakes, I'm pushing the fakes, I'm pushing them all off me like who? Pushing them all off me like who? Yeah. <laughs> I be immune to shit. <laughs> Tucking the broom and shit. <laughs> then with a zoom and shit. <laughs> know you a joke, my ass is the close, I holla at the moon and shit. <laughs> know the results, the ballot is in, man, I'm about to boom again. <laughs> you funny, dog. Can't hide behind your money, dog. A week or two, I meditate on running loss. Swear, 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 shake the currents off. Yeah. Push these habits. Push these bitches off me. Push these niggas off me. Nope. You're either getting 1% better, staying the same, or getting 1% worse. Hmm. Why 1%, though? I mean, that's such a. <laughs> Because realistically, right, when we're thinking about adjustments and changes in our lives, like, you can wake up tomorrow and be like, you know what? I'm going to stop being a dirty-ass nigga. I'm going to just, you know, clean myself up and become this, like, debonair gentleman. And you and I both know that nigga going to wake up and he going to try. He may do it that first day. But by Friday... If you a dirty nigga... Do- yeah, if you a dirty nigga, <laughs> you be a dirty back. nigga, bro. But if you get 1% cleaner as a dirty nigga a day, two weeks from now, you in a completely different routine and situation. Whereas if you don't change nothing, you stay in the same. Now, if somebody is like, man, nigga, live your life. Do what the fuck you want to do. Be as dirty as you want to goddamn be. Then you going to get dirtier. <laughs> mm. I feel it. I mean, you got to be, uh, you know, just going to change. Like, I don't know. Sometimes you be trying to set yourself up for success, you know, when it comes to change and, you know, really doing some shit. But, you know, it's hard for me to truly determine the level of, like, to true, like, you know, when they talk about forming a habit, right? Like, it's three weeks, it's 21 days, you know, but. I'm like, bro, how the fuck do I make it to day 21, nigga? Like, I can't even make it to day three, day four of, you know, just things that I want to change, whether it be, all right, man, I'm trying to get more organized. I'm going to start waking up, getting me a list, making the list, you know, or like one day I sat down with Brittany and I'm like, yo, like I want to, I want a more of a consistent schedule. Like I want on Mondays, I do this. And on Tuesdays, I do this. And on Wednesdays, I do this, you know, and it's like, we, we may make it the first week. But nigga, by, it's just, you know, it's just like going to the gym. You miss one day and that's it. You're never going back. <laughs> you, know what I mean? you know what I mean? You miss one day. You're not going back. If you say I'm going to the gym, fucking, it could be some light, like three days. I'm going to go Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday because I don't want to go on Friday. I'm going to go Monday, Wednesday, Thursday. I go Monday. I go Wednesday. I go Thursday. Good first week. We come around. I go Monday. Now it's Wednesday again. You know, I'm, I'm going to just go Thursday and Friday this week because it's Wednesday. I just, you know, and then you don't go Wednesday, nigga. You ain't even going Thursday. You ain't going Friday. Next thing you know, it's been weeks. They've been deducting that gym membership. And, you know, that's have it. You, have you read, um, have you read the book Atomic Habits before? Are you familiar with it at least? I have not read it. 
and I don't think I'm, I'm currently playing. reading it. Bro, that's the shit. Shout out to mommy Jay Woods. Woods is like my first friend that like understood we were adults and started doing like adult shit. So Woods <laughs> sends me books, bro. Some of the best books I've ever read. He'll just send them to me. It's it's one of the best like mm. things and I have as a friend, like in friendship in terms of adult life. But he sent me Atomic Habits, bro. It's one of the best books I've ever read. Because it's mm. like it addresses what you just said. It addresses the fact that we try and make habits and improvements in our lives. And we try and do these overarching things and we have no real like methodology behind it. And we also swing for the fences and it's like, mm-hmm. it just examines human nature. And it talks about those 1% changes that Nate was just mentioning. Like for, for one, if you don't do anything and then you decide that you're going to become a gym fanatic, that does not make sense. Like that is crazy, right. bro. That doesn't make sense. So what you have to a hundred nigga real quick. <laughs> so what you have to do is 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 two things that you can do. You, one, you incentivize the fuck out of yourself, and or two, you just do super small incremental changes that slowly become nothing. So like, if you just decide like I, I ain't working out, but I'm also not. I work on the third floor. I'm gonna stop using the elevator, and like you just start using the stairs every day, and like before you know it, you be like, damn, like that really is. A lot like that really has made a difference in my life. Maybe you don't have abs, right? But like all of a sudden, like you notice, like you just have a, you know, a better uh, pace. You're in a little bit of a better uh-huh. shape. Like that small change, or you incentivize the fuck out of yourself. One of my homies who lost a bunch of weight told me he made his smoking routine like it's just as it just as like formal of a process as rolling up. He incorporated. He put on workout clothes. He roll up, he sit there, he smoke, he listen to a certain song or his favorite show. And immediately after that, one piece of like art or media is over, even if it's a movie, he get up and go to the gym. And so now he says this to the point where every time he get lit, he want to work out. Mm-hmm. And so he was like, bro, that's just how I did. I just incentivized myself. Like if I'm getting lit, I'm working out. And so it's like, he like, he'll, he'll miss going out half the time because he'll like, you know, you know, wake up, smoke one morning, and just be in the gym, and then look up, and it's four o'clock. He tired as hell. He's like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna chill." He's like, "Now I didn't worked out. I I wanted to eat good because I already worked out, and then I was tired, so I got a nice night of rest." He was like, "Bro, that was the most you know healthy day I had, but it was none of it was intent of me trying to be healthy. Like I just incentivized the fuck out of myself to do something I wanted, and then everything just fell in line because I attached it to that." And I'm like, bro, this is a good ass book. Mm. And this shit works. I just too. ordered it, man. Bro, just ordered works. it. Uh, Atomic Habits by James Clear. Mm-hmm. That's the correct one. Yeah, just ordered that, man. So I, I need that. Well, it's fire, bro. I need that. I've been reading a lot of those self help books, bro. You <laughs> you read the most basic shit, and you like, how did I not? Have I never thought about this? <laughs> what are so so? This is a great little segue. I know it ain't mm. on our list, but this is a mm. great segue. To just kind of think about what's in what what are three books right now in your library that you would in your library let me yeah there you go let me <laughs> in your library uh that you would suggest to listeners right now to read okay first of all i want to be honest here and, and transparent that i've never been a big reader man just never been a big reader you know, I think 
as kids, you know, everybody read books. We all read books. And I used to read a lot as a kid. And when I grew up, I just, I just didn't read. Like I read, you know, I read a lot of articles, obviously. I just didn't read books. Um, and you know, everybody say, if you successful, you got to read, like you got to read books. And I don't know, never really did it, but I would say I've been accumulating books, like just through like, not things that I'm buying, but you know, like in my last job, like when I got a new position, they gave me like three good books to read. And, um, actually in my current job, this is really what has sparked my reading interest because I joined a team where the every week we have a team meeting and a part of that meeting, it's a book that we're all reading and everybody got to be prepared to talk about what they did. So now this is like something that is forcing me to read a book. I'm like, nigga, we got a book club that I ain't even signed up for. Like, <laughs> you know, and it, it's wild because this team that I joined, you know, people told me, cause when I got to this company, they was like, you know, you kind of have a choice on what team you join. Uh, but people was like, yo, like this is the successful team. Like you join this team, you know, Ain't going to be no, like, you leading from the start, nigga. No, they going to be shitting on you, and you got to catch up. And I'm like, that's the type <laughs> of shit I need. Like, I need somewhere yeah. they going to be looking at me like, who is this nigga? But um, it, it's real because it's like when, when it gets to the point where you're leading, you actually know what you're doing. You don't have those leaders in place. It's oh, yeah. like they really have no clue. They just saying shit. Like, I hate yeah. when I'm on them type of teams. <laughs> yeah. this you going to earn this. On this team, you going to earn this shit. Like, because I don't like these just some, some they are good at their job. That's what I'm going to say. But we are currently reading this leadership book. <clears throat> it's called Leadership Strategy and Tactics by Jocko Willink. Don't know if y'all have heard of it. It's a green book. Um, I had never heard of it, but it is a New York Times bestseller. But, you know, it's just a book about leadership. And, you know, this guy, the author, Jocko, I think he was in the Marines or something. So, you know, what he does is just break down a lot of leadership tactics. He'll give you an example of, you know, how it was applied in the Marines and then also kind of give you a brief example how you would apply it like in the business world. Um, and, you know, the thing about any type of book like this or, you know, I think some self-help books and I'm not a big reader. So a lot of this is just assumption, but it's just like the shit that I've read is like, Okay, these are things that I've heard a million times, but somebody has just like put it in a new way. You know what I mean? But every once in a while, you really do get exposed to like a, a truly brand new concept that you've never even thought about. You know, it's not like something you've heard before and repackaged. It really is something new. Uh, I think this book is like a good mix. It's a good mix for any. First of all, anybody who's in a leadership role like this is a great one. Like I would say this is a great one to read um, because it really just gives you good advice on uh, first of all, you know, how to manage different personalities. But what I love about it most is like the internal, like the internal part of like, look, first of all, as a leader, you need to humble yourself. Like, you know, and you need to understand that it's a team that you're a part of and you playing your role and your team members playing their role. And you're not the leader because you necessarily better than everybody. It's just that's the role you've been assigned based on certain skills that you got. But they got their own skills that you don't got that lead to the success of a team. And, you know, it's just going to a lot of, a lot of different things, uh, you know, just around being a leader. And also not only like, cause I don't want people to think it's just about like, if you a manager or some shit, it's just about like leading in your own way. You know what I mean? Cause just because you are part of a team and not the manager, you could still be a leader. Like you could still be somebody who the team depend on your manager and your other team members. Uh, and it just kind of talk about how to manage that. So, that's definitely one I would suggest. Give us the name uh, again, like I Alex. Said, yeah, I'm sorry. Um, Leadership Strategy and Tactics 
by Jocko Willink. J-O-C-K-O, uh, last name W-I-L-L-I-N-K. I know my copy is a, uh, it's green. So you see it in green. I'll read the back. It says, learn to build trust, learn to be decisive, learn to take command, learn to control your emotions, learn to deliver the truth, learn balance, learn the strategies and tactics, learn to lead. That's it. But it's good so far. Like, and honestly, reading this book got me really like, man, I need to fucking start reading. Like, what am I doing? Like, I don't know. I just think I'm too bright of a person to like not read because I like reading. I just don't. Bro. Just don't, man. Bro, book clubs help a lot because it's like you just said you're you're um, discussing it, and it's not just something you're reading just to be reading, which is already you know straight for a lot of people. But a book club really like expands what a book can be, and it kind of keeps you accountable because you hate when you get in there and you like what the fuck are they talking about because right. you're behind, right? Definitely, and I like it that we just read in like small increments. Like it don't be like hey, hundred pages by next week. It'd be like 30 pages, like 30 pages by next week. So it's like I'm reading. It ain't like some super tedious thing. Sometimes I could do it the same day. Like I just might do it that morning of the meeting and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have talked about looking like now we about to start increasing it because if we keep doing this shit, we never going to finish this damn book. <laughs> like we're going to be reading this shit for six months and it ain't that long of a book. Um, but, you know, it's just really just piqued my interest on, you know, reading. I wish I had more suggestion to give y'all, but that is the book that I'm currently reading right now. So uh, go check it out. Now, my um, my wife is always like, bro, you know, that that's one thing about marriage. You like the good habits that you try and put to the side like you don't know. Is somebody there like, bro, I know you know this. Like when you staying up late as fuck. And then you getting up and you tired, but you don't really talk about the fact that you clearly stayed up too late. It's somebody there like, nigga, you could have just went to bed on time. Like, you know this is why you're tired, right? Like, I like my wife does that a lot. And she's like that, like, if you turn off the TV and you read it now, you're always so much better the next day. Like, why don't you do that more? And so she encourages me to read a lot, way more of that between her and Woods. And so that's like become um, I won't say a habit. But an activity that I just partake in way more than I think I ever have since, like, maybe I was a kid. Um, mm. And and the book that I turn to anytime I'm in a slump where I'm like, bro, I'm not trying to do this reading shit, is The Alchemist. It was on um, Barack Obama's reading list, I don't know, maybe 2016 or so. And, um, bro, it's a, it's a short story. Like, it's a story on its, on its most simplest level. It's just a story. So if you're ever like, man, I just can't get into it. I've been reading a lot of these self-help books. I just need something light. You can read The Alchemist, and it can just be a light, cool little read. It's short. You can get through it. It gets you in your rhythm. But then you can always revisit it because it's just like, it's just one of those stories where it's just gym after gym. Like, if you ever watch The Wire and you like, all we doing is selling drugs for real. But it's like, they are barring you up every episode with some, like, life, you know, some quotes you can just live life by. That's how the alchemist is. This is like bar after bar, lesson after lesson. And 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 you can look at them big picture. You can look at them like maybe just literally a one-liner. And so the alchemist is always like just a good book to have around to me. Um, it's the Jada Kiss bars of books. Yeah, like it's, it's you can't go wrong. Everybody should have the alchemist. And then. It's a kid off the alchemist. 
Bro, the second one would be how to win friends. They and said, I'm doing it. <laughs> he said, this is my life. <laughs> but how to win friends and influence people is, is fire too. And that's one of those books where it's like a self-help book or whatever, or, um, you know, self-development. But it's really telling you shit you know, like just shit that, that you know, but you just don't, don't pay attention to for real. Like you ain't never walked up to somebody and insulted the shit out of them and made them like you more. But, you know, people still have that approach. People still think like in management, I can micromanage and be aggressive and it's going to make my team, you know, better. And it's like, you know, it's not. And it just, it just examines a lot of different examples of human nature and how we use those to try and do things, whether it just be pure communication and it's like, why do we utilize things that we know don't work? Or why do we utilize things that we know don't make other people feel good? Like, you know, like why would I come talking to you crazy if I want you to do something at the end of the day? That doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And just like human nature. I was going to say like on that point, because I think that's kind of interesting, especially like going back to the, the leadership thing, right? Like when you're trying to uh influence like say you a leader and you got a subordinate and you're trying to influence them to do better like you know i agree with you i hate the micromanage perspective or you know that tactic um but i'll say this like i get it really does depend on the type of person because i know as of recent like i just started a new role for example i just started a new role um and there are specific metrics that we needed to hit and, you know, there was a week where I ain't hit my metrics. But in my brain, I'm like, man, you know, I'm still new. Like, these niggas ain't finna be on me like that. Like, I'm, I'm ramping up. I'm ramping up. Uh, no. <laughs> Monday morning, first message from my manager. This is not good. <laughs> like, that nigga ain't say good morning. That nigga ain't say. That nigga said, this is not good. Screenshot of my metrics. This is this all in a team's message, if y'all familiar. Screenshot of my metrics. Uh, you know, he was like, man, you know, if you were struggling, you could have just let me know, like, you know, let's talk about this later this morning. Damn. I was like, fuck. Now, now y'all, now y'all, you know, I've been work, I've been in a professional realm my whole life. I ain't never got no, first of all, I'm not no type of worker who has ever really had performance issues, but I have never received no message like this. I'm like, bro. So, you know, natural, and I'll be trying to, going back to controlling my emotions, I'll be trying to, you know, keep shit under control. Naturally, you know, you get a little defensive. Like, bro, first of all, why this nigga coming at me like that, this, that, and the other, blah, blah, blah. But then I was like, look, man, you know, everybody got their different tactics. He a different leader than me. You know what I'm saying? Like, we going to see how this meeting go this morning. I'm not going to make no excuses because I hate when niggas make excuses. Like, just say I fucked up. It won't happen again. And let's move forward. I ain't going to berate you about the shit. You know, I'm just going to point out, hey, this one went wrong. Do you got an explanation? You not going to berate them for that shit. Yeah. I mean, me. I'm just talking about me. (laughs) And, you know, and I didn't really know what to expect going into the meeting. Now, I will say this the the team's message was more aggressive than the meeting and that's typically how it be you know niggas can't really give you that same aggression talking to you in person as it is through text in almost every capacity unless you just you know just a i don't give a fuck type of person uh like that reality not on ig (laughs) right right you know what i'm saying like in a work setting i just can't see it um but yeah you know got in the meeting he like so what happened man what happened last week man i was like look man like I'm not like I don't even want to explain what happened last week because that would feel like I'm making an excuse. So what I want to say is, look, it won't happen again. Like I'm embarrassed by it. It won't happen again. Then we had like a conversation. Then he really tried to push me on, 
you know, I mean, what did happen? So then I gave him all the shit. And then, of course, like every manager, you know, and this is why I didn't want to do it anyway. Hey, Alex, I agree with you. I mean, those are good points. But and I'm you know, like, but you're going to say, but right. I didn't even want to present this. You made me do this. Like, you don't have to tell me. Correct. Just, like, yeah, that's annoying. It's like you making me make the excuse. Like I said, I want to just move forward. But if you want me to talk about it and you ask me questions like. I'm going to give you the specific reasons why, you know, things fell short and blah, blah, blah. Ever since then, you know, my metric's been fine. You know, we on good terms. But I just think, you know, for some people, that would just completely shut them down. For me, I was embarrassed. Like, I was embarrassed that I had to have somebody coming to me having a performance thing. So I'm like, you know what, Ned, like, from now on, I'm just going to blow the metrics out the park. And, you know, if I even think I might be falling short, I'm going to touch base with you early in the week and say, look, this is where I'm struggling, blah, blah, blah. Um, but that really, like for me, that put a battery in my back, but you know, for, I, I, like, I would never have taken that approach because I would never want somebody to kind of do what you advise Blake. It's like, you kind of shit on them and then they like, now they just defeated, you know what I mean? Or they just don't fuck with you. And it's like, nah, fuck you, you know, bro. So it, it can vary. I think it varies, but like after reading this book and seeing the examples and the way he demonstrates it, you can be that type of person and just figure out different ways. I think. Bro, I hate to keep complimenting Woods because I know how he gets. But hey, man, shout out Woods, man. Bro, Woods told me he called me out on it a long time ago when we was hooping. He was like, "Bro, you're a football player through and through." When we hoop, he was like, "When I'm like, bro, cut or good cut or 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 screen, you like, you know, you might do it, and you know, you'll get there. It'll work. It'll probably be okay." He's like, "But when a nigga get to yelling and talking crazy." He was like, you you are the best basketball player I've ever seen you be. He was like, he was like, you need that coach to just hollering at you and whoop you whoop and doing stuff. So I definitely agree, like it comes down to different strategies. Mm-hmm. But like the example he's giving is just more sustainable, especially with adults. He told a story about how I don't remember which um president it is, but one of the presidents had the Air Force One and went to a um a naval base and had a meeting and as they were leaving, um, they got up in the air, and so it just wasn't someone right. Like, it just wasn't right. Um, they had to do an emergency landing, and they figured out that basically whoever had fueled up the jet had used the wrong type of fuel. So they returned to the base, and they were like, we're going to, you know, inspect the jet, make sure everything's good, get it fueled up correctly. And the person that was like, who made the mistake? And they identified the guy. He's terrified. He's like, fuck. Like, I just almost killed the president of the United States. Like, it's over. The president walked up to him, put his arm around him and said, I want you to fill my jet up tomorrow because I know there's no way you're going to make that mistake again. Nobody's going to be more diligent than you. And and then walked away. And bro, dude, like, was like, there's nothing that could have motivated me more than that. Like, Mm -hmm. there's nothing. Like, I was, you know what I'm saying? Like, you would have been scared and doing it out of fear, but to do it and somebody be like, I trust you. He was like, bro, it's just, he was like, no matter what you think, support is always going to yield a better result. He's like, you will definitely get to a point where you like, I ultimately can't do anything for this person and have to cut ties with them. But prior to that point, there's nothing more effective than support. Agreed. And failing fast. Yeah. Nate, what you reading? Right now, what I'm reading is A Promised Land by Barack Obama. That's not necessarily a read that I'm just going to 
suggest to everybody because you got to be prepared to really understand and come to the face of the truth of what the hell it is that we living through. <laughs> bro, that's and a, a coffee, lot of what that's bro. a coffee table book for me, bro. I ain't gonna lie. I'm trying. I like. I'm gonna get there one day, but hey, boy, that's like, bro. He getting to it. He's getting to it in a like presidential way. Like he's telling you exactly what the hell it is he had to deal with, and the decisions, and how all of those things kind of have impacted who he would become. Great. I'm a I'm a, an avid reader of Barack Obama books. I, I've read um, Dreams from My Father and The Audacity of Hope as well. So this is definitely on a whole different level. But what I would suggest to uh, some of our listeners is: Have you ever heard of the book Unlearn? Unlearn by Humble the Poet. That sounds um, familiar. We didn't talked about Humble before on the podcast. Um, but when we talk, his book on unlearn, very easy read, very digestible read. And it's basically just different different talking points and quotes, gems about breaking down the thoughts that have been forced upon you. Like we all grow up and based upon where we were born, the socioeconomic experience of that, the religious beliefs or lack thereof of our parents like all of these things become systems of how we gauge the world and once we get to a certain level we become conflicted with some of those things and a lot of times we struggle with what should we do because you are either raised or in some ways like trained to think react and do certain things a certain way and as you become an adult, you just kind of got to find your own way. And it talks about the process of unlearning and what that looks like and how it's not comfortable, it's not pretty. Uh, but in a lot of ways, it's necessary for you to want to kind of live the liberated life that you want to live. Um, so it's definitely one that I lean on sometimes when I just get to the point where I'm like, man, I don't know how I really feel about this shit, <laughs> you know, Um so that's a good one. Yeah, Unlearn by Humble the Poet. Um, one that I would, especially if you are a sports fan, Andre Iguodala has his memoir, The Sixth Man, uh, Fire. Like, mm. if not the best basketball-adjacent type book um, that I've ever read, it is top two. Um, he does a great job of kind of taking us through his life really getting an understanding of who he is. He has the what many would say is a black male experience, and it could have been any of us, and just kind of the trials and tribulations, the different points he gets to in his life, and inevitably some of the lessons that he learns on leadership, how to be coachable beyond the basketball court, and how sometimes you have to make certain decisions that can change the entire trajectory of our life. And I think it's very rare that I have a conversation with, you know, black men specifically who cannot pinpoint certain experiences. This like, Hey, had this not happened or had this happened, shit could look totally different for me right now. And I think those shared experiences help us in more ways than one, because in a lot of ways, we can see ourselves in each other. Um, 
And then the last one, I'm also, I'm I'm a big memoir person. Uh, My voice by uh, Angie Martinez, great great book. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if you are a lover of all things hip hop, uh, kind of understanding what her journey was, what her story was, and how she was able to gain a seat at the table and really become the controller of the table as a woman uh, in hip hop in a time where they really were not respecting women nearly as much uh, as we've kind of developed to now. And so it's, it's a great, great book about finding your voice and kind of figuring out who it is that you want to do. Uh, one of the big takeaways from her book was sometimes the path that you may think that you have for your life is not the path that is actually meant for your life. And sometimes you have to step out of your dreams to try different things to really see, okay, my dream is my ticket. This is what the hell it is that's going to put me on the map. And sometimes taking those detours can look a lot different than we think. Like, one of her detours was she had a classic song. (laughs) Like, one classic song in hip-hop. But that is, like... Out of nowhere. (laughs) Yeah, and she hates it when people bring it up. But that was kind of a detour. She was at the top of the game, and somebody was just like, you know, try it out. And she tried it out, and the shit hit. But she realized very quickly, like, this ain't me. This ain't mm-hmm. what I want to do. And so then she nice. went on to just be even more out of here off of that. And Think just kind of understanding what that looked like. <laughs> that's so crazy. Like, who is like, I'm going to try rap, have a super huge record, and be like, nah, I'm straight. Like, who does? That doesn't happen. <laughs> that doesn't happen, bro. That's how you know you really love what you do. So, yeah, th- those would be uh, three. Um, and I guess if I had an, an honorable mention, it's a book out there called uh, The Motivation Manifesto. Uh, shout out to my line brother, G. It's similar to Woods. Like, that's what G has been to me. Like, when it comes to professional stuff, like, he's going to send you, A, you need to be reading this book. Like a couple of weeks ago, he sent us all in a group chat and was like, hey, it is literally a book that is written about black managers in business. Like, Mm -hmm. how do you survive corporate America? I'm sending y'all the link. If I don't hear nothing from y'all, I'm going to check back in to figure out what what y'all did. You do what I'm saying? (laughs) And so uh, about a year ago, he sent us over uh, the Motivation Manifesto. And was like you need to take a you need to take a read through this, and so I would I would definitely um, suggest that book to those. I'm not gonna give anything away on it, uh, but definitely check out the Motivation Manifesto. Uh, Brendan Brendan Buker. Brendan Buker. And it's cool that we're doing this because I know that you all said you know having a book club motivates and pushes you, and. We just created our after five book club list. I was gonna say, bro, we gotta get one going. We gotta get one going. Maybe yeah, like we gotta like choose a book. Hell yeah, bro, it should be straight. I'm so into that, bro. Reading documentaries, you forget like learning was actually kind of cool until school fucked it up. Bro, like right? I used to like enjoy finding out new information, and bro. then it's oh, like, man. oh, I forgot that was fun. <laughs> I forgot like. You know, that was dope. Bruh. Y'all ruined it for thing, me. 
one of the things for me, uh, Alex has been, I'm some books I need to have like physical, but mm-hmm. a lot of the books that I I read, I get them digitally, but I order them on Audible, and so I listen to them similar to like if you're watching a show and you're reading the subtitles, like that's how I watch TV. Mm-hmm. So if when I'm listening, I'm reading also, it's like I'm really trying to capture. So I don't really do a lot of huge segments at a time, but I re-listen to certain things. And that's how I've gotten so far through uh, A Promised Land, Blake, because I got it on Audible. Uh, And similar to you, before I go to bed, I'll listen to it. And then once I get to like a little stopping point, I'm there. (laughs) And then I may re-listen to it like in the morning when I'm like getting ready or having my little time or whatever. But yeah, the the audio book feature is amazing because it also like especially if you train to listen to like podcasts and retain information that way like i make i make notes if i'm not following along like digitally like i can write notes on like shit at this point similar to like how we track out the pod like Mm -hmm. minute this 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 motherfucker said this i need to retain that that's cool, man. Bro, it is, bro. It's so much knowledge out there of cool shit that you just you just don't talk about because you just don't you don't like learning after school after education for real. You really don't like learning, and that's crazy sometimes. It's true. It's wild. I mean, I think you just made the great point just about how school just ruined your you know. I mean, for some people, it's fine. Like they love it. They, you know, immediately go to grad school, they immediately get their PhD. And, you know, like for them, it truly is just about like learning more. Like, you know, it's a little bit more than just getting the paper. Uh, I specifically remember this class I took uh, when we was in school called International Business. And this was like one of those refreshing, like, where I just had a professor who was not like, bro, like I ain't finna quiz and test y'all to death. You know <laughs> like, what I mean? Like that's, that's like, what just not what the hell we finna do. Like. We just about to really talk about the fact that when you're doing business internationally, this ain't it ain't like America. Yeah. Like it's things that you gotta adjust to. It's like they don't gotta adjust to you. You gotta adjust to them. You know what I mean? And learn their culture and you know different ways that they do things. And uh, just also another part of the class was just like really just trying to better yourself. It had nothing to do with international business. It would just be like, hey, come up with a plan of things that you want to do. Kind of like we talked about earlier in the pod, like. Things you want to do and, you know, report on that plan. I want to hear how you're doing on that plan and stuff like that. Uh, he like, look, if you submit that plan and you come to class and, you know, our, our tests, when we do take a test, it's going to be open note, open book. Like, I feel like I learned so much in that class. Like, yeah, I learned right. a lot more that I've retained from then than all, like, all the other classes that I used to be up all fucking night right. trying to study for this test so I can pull off this fucking 78 <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and get in. Me, hey, you know, niggas that's become all mathematicians. <laughs> By the that's time you halfway through the semester, it's like, look, on this last test, I just, if I get a six, all I need is a 68 to get a B. Mm, and then don't just... let you find out that you either can, if you get a 68, between a 68 and a 98, you got a B. So you got to get a 99 <laughs> to get an A. You like, fuck it. It's, there's no way. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm not, I'm not hey, studying for this shit, it's man. It's up. I just got to just pass this motherfucker. Oh, hell. I can do that. Right. I ain't learning a damn thing. And you, and it's not, you're not learning anymore. You just doing shit, bro. You just learn how to jump through the hoops and, and be, and be um 
um, what's the word? Confirm, like just just basically be built to go in and go into yeah. the work system and be a cog in the machine and make somebody else rich, bro. Capitalism is crazy, and this is the Assimilate. type of shit you learn about, but you just you just forget because it's like I don't really care anymore. I'm just trying to go through these motions. That's it. And sometimes it make you feel crazy, bro, when you look around and you like I can identify these things like for what they really are. And we not really doing shit. Like, it's so many people that go into the workforce and you have conversations with them and they be like, do they know that they paying me this much to do this? <laughs> and I'd be like, yeah, they do. Because they had like, you getting paid to do a function. More often than not, you not paid to expand their function. You're not paid to improve the function. You are mm-hmm. paid to execute whatever your function is. Mm-hmm. And the variability in your ability to do that is how they're going to pay you. But more often than not, folks folks get into the workforce. Like, I have, and maybe, you know, I'm maybe I don't got the right friends, but I ain't never just hit somebody up and they was like, man, my job is so incredibly confusingly hard and it just be like more often than not they be like bruh i know what the fuck the answer is these niggas just don't want to listen <laughs> or vice versa i don't know the answer but guess what these niggas don't know the answer either <laughs> like i ain't never just met somebody that's like this shit look my boss is tj henderson and i don't understand what the fuck <laughs> bro i had I read in an email one time. I don't know how. I don't know where I learned this. I don't know what, like, where I read to do this. But I read this, and it's been the best advice ever. Anytime you start a new job, there's going to be somebody on your team. It's it's fail proof, without a doubt. There's going to be somebody on your team who, as you do your work and you talk to people, and people send you like you know, refer you to certain people like this person, go to this person, he'll explain that to you, or this person did this. You'll start hearing a reoccurring name. You'll start hearing a reoccurring name of a team member on your team who is the clear knowledge base of the team. They're the the go-to person. Um, Now, they have different personalities. So a lot of times, but more times than not, they're the quiet one. They don't really like, in the meetings, they're not really saying much. You ain't never really going to hear nothing to manager. The only time you really hear about them, the manager, like, I'm out this week. Talk to such and such if you need something. But they're normally older, and you like, this is who should be running the team or doing something. And, bro, when you get cool with them, like, not not pers- not like job cool, like, you go to them a lot for references, but just talk to them. Bro, you'll be like, this person, they always be so wise. Like, they're like, yeah, you know, None of this shit matters after this. You get to this this place in your career is gonna pay great. Like they just have all the like knowledge and all the wisdom, and then they gonna always have that like point of reference where they frame it to you in 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 terms of the real life in, of your real life. Like mm-hmm. they'll keep it a book. You like, hey, go home, bro. Like this shit don't matter like that. <laughs> and 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 you and you know they're that person because they haven't tried to get higher in the ladder because they realize this shit don't matter. And a lot of times, bro. They just gonna tell you what it is. They like, look, you wanna go be like the super worker head honcho, you need to go do that role. And then you can climb up that if that's what you wanna do. If you trying to have time to be with your family, like, 
bro, once you break that wall with them, bro, they just the best resource. They because jobs ain't trying to keep shit clear. Like they're not trying to make it to where you understand what's going on. That ain't that ain't how they design. The person who understands the landscape, man. One bro. of the uh one of the first black, like black managers in a real position of power, like early in my career. I remember this man set me down in a meeting room and he told me very like directly early in your career you have to be extremely careful and extremely selective about who it is that you hit your wagon to because who you hit your wagon to impacts your ability to move up and the amount of money you are you're you're able to make more so than any work, any job, any project, any position that you'll ever have. And you got to understand everything that goes along with that when you look the way you look. That man told me in this meeting, I think I may have told this story on the podcast before, but he said, when the people who are in positions of power, heroes don't look like your heroes, you got to think about this shit in a whole different way. Mm-hmm. That's true. And once I started to, like, think about it from that perspective, it's like, it's not even a fact of whether or not you like me as a black person or whether it's just the reality of it's a certain trajectory for me and another trajectory for me. And I had somebody very early in my career, like you said, Blake, like who I got cool with him like real quick and he wasn't older. He had just been there from a very early age. Mm-hmm. And so he just kind of was young and in a position that folks was jealous of, for lack of better words. And, you know, usually you're the only black dude in some of these, in most of these jobs that we talking about. You are one of few. Let me say that. Um, and he was a guy. He was not a black guy. Uh, had a conversation with me. And he basically told me what my ceiling was going to be. I didn't know, like, hey, but in a, hey, bro, I see that you got a high level of work ethic. I see that you have these things. I want to have an honest conversation with you so that wherever it is that you are trying to get to, we can help you get to that point because it's not going to be here. Mm. Damn. (laughs) It's not going to, it's not, it's, and, and similarly, when I had a conversation with, this black manager, he all but confirmed it. And then I come to find out, like you said, Blake, when this guy who told me this, who don't look like us, guess who his first manager was? This black manager, the black manager. He's the one who hired him. And he said he had a very honest conversation with him about what his trajectory was and what his responsibility was. Mm. Mm hmm. This is the same man who, when I I thought that I had everything figured out, he came back. He was out on assignment. Whole nother country. He came back. Sets an hour meeting on my calendar. I go to this meeting with him. And like you said, Blake, he said, hey, you need to get out. (laughs) Get out. (laughs) No bullshit. He told me I needed to get out. Within three months, everyone my age and younger, with the exception of one guy, 
was gone from that team. He came back. He had a meeting with me. He had a meeting with two of the other people. I'm assuming he had the same, similar conversations with them. Everybody's gone. He's now uh, an executive at another company. But, like, straight up, like, but had I not, had I taken the initial conversation that he had with me when we first got cool, like, man, who is this? Was this white dude trying to tell me that I fuck just instead of really just taking the time to be like, is this motherfucker trying to hinder me or hurt me, or is this motherfucker trying to keep it a bean with me? Bruh. And sometimes understanding the world in which you actually live matters more than trying to put yourself in a world that you want to live in. And it's a constant struggle as a black person, but that shit is real, dog. Bro, that's so valuable. Bro, that's so valuable. If everybody could walk into a job and have somebody simply tell you, like, "This is where you're gonna max out at this company," and then you leave because you waste so much time, you know, getting to a point of of um, plateauing in a company and not knowing mm-hmm. if if, mm-hmm. if they just like look, they not coming off them spots. That's that's the nepotism roles. It's it, it's not happening. You know what I'm saying? Like, if somebody could tell you that and you just immediately know, all right, I've hit my ceiling here. It's time to leave. That alone is so valuable, bro. That's crazy. I feel it. Everybody don't get that opportunity, though, man. <laughs> bro. I've I never. It's just rare. Yeah. It's rare. It's rare that you gonna have somebody who can really give you some insight like that. So of course, like you know, we're kind of left on our own to decide. Bro. You know, and and everybody got their different strategies about how they want to take their career. And I'm sure that you know. Like, I know for me, and I know a lot of people probably resonate with this, it's like, it's this battle between, do I just want to be, like, comfortable? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Relatively happy in my role and comfortable, and, you know, I'm making decent money, and I got enough money, of course, to take care of my family and stuff like that. Or do I want to just be grinding? Yeah, you know am I trying to really be I, him? Right, you know, like, do I want to be really trying to shoot to the motherfucking top of that organizational chart? And when, you know, when we see the motherfucking... CEO, like, nigga, I'm either that nigga or I'm the nigga below him or I'm at least the nigga below them. You know what I mean? Like, I'm at least not dealing with no frontline people, like, you know, and I'm taking company trips and, you know, like I am, like you just said, Blake, like I am him. Like, which do you want to do? And, you know, it's like I, I, you, you, and you can see it, right? You see people who are comfortable and they look happy and stuff like that. And it's like, damn, well, you know, should I just be taking that path? And then you see somebody else over here that's just breaded up. They just <laughs> stacks on stacks. And it's and you know, they don't look unhappy. You know, <laughs> they maybe maybe they look a little different, but they don't look like they just miserable. It's just like, yeah, you know, I'm you know, I'm the motherfucking, you know, VP of this and you know, I've been doing this for a while. We involved in these type of things. They saying words that I don't really know about, or maybe I just know a little bit about. And you know, I just know the ideas and stuff that they discussing are on another level than what I'm discussing. And I'm like, I mean, can I? Can, first of all, can I get there? Do I want to get there? Or like, man, should I just, you know, kick? Because you talk to people who just got different mentalities. Like you, you spoke about this earlier, Nate. You know, um, and even a little bit of what you said, Blake, is like when I was leading a team, I had a woman on my team who like, yeah, I already did the manager thing. Like I already did that and I already decided that's <laughs> yeah, not for nah. me. And in her work, I can tell like, I, cause she was one of my best people on the team. Like I could tell that she's like, look, 
from a capability standpoint, yes, I could do a lot more than this, but this is what I'm comfortable doing. I'm good at it. I make the money I need. If they marry, like my spouses, they make the money they need, you know, and I'm over that stress. She like, I'm gonna just let you have the stress. Like, cause I see you, I see what you in. I see what they didn't put you in and I see it. I have and no I'm glad I'm not in that. your yeah. spot. You know, and that, and that used to be half be my team. What Magic say? <laughs> right. <laughs> like half them niggas used to be like, yeah, Alex, like you in a shitty position. And I'm like, bro, that do not make me feel good about my job. Y'all tell me that. Like, like you had the opportunity to do this and you said, right. hell no. Okay. Like, come on. So, you know, but and that's just her perspective. But then you got other people who, you know, they see your potential and they be like, what you mean? You ain't trying to, <laughs> you know what I mean? Move up. Like, what? Like, come on. Like, come on now. You know what I'm saying? You've been in this spot. Like, let's let's keep furthering your career and get you the goals that you need. So for me, it's like the hardest thing is deciding what path you want to take, you know. And then from there, it's like, all right, now now you got to have the right people to really lead you on that, on that correct path. Because you need experienced people, man. It's like, I mean, you can go through life on your own, and that's fine. And not saying that you can't be ultra successful because you have a lot of people who really didn't have a lot of guidance they just threw a lot of balls at the wall and some of them stuck and you know you get lucky here you get a break there next thing you know nigga you on you know what i mean and something great you know and then you got people who really just worked they ass off just worked hard they just worked harder than everybody else and that's how they got to where they at you know but very few it, of those agree i'm like i'm tired of niggas very front. Few of those. Very i'm tired of the front <laughs> hey very few of those Okay, real quick, let's say, because Alex was talking about, you know, working to that level where you like, you know, C-suite, like you like really grinded up mm -hmm. to where you up there. Like, let's say you've been doing your thing, like off your own merit, like you've just been killing shit. Let's say you get up to like director level, like not even higher than a director, maybe, maybe a senior director or associate VP, something like that, right? Mm-hmm. You're on merit, you've been killing it, you are elite, you do well. Let's say you have an opportunity to fast track your career 10 plus years overnight and get promoted to the C-suite. But it's going to be that like diversity inclusion shit. Y'all doing it? <laughs> so I get to be in the C-suite, but I'm over IND. Is that what you say? Yeah. Or DNI, whatever sure. niggas call it. Yeah, yeah, yeah no doubt. No doubt. I'm in there. 100%. I'm in there. No doubt. 100%. I'm like, oh yeah, we finna eat. Because, we are about to eat. Because see, all I need, look, all I need is buy-in. <laughs> and it, at the C suite, I am the buy-in. <laughs> yep. Don't put I'll be the black guy. Hey, don't put me, don't put me in a position like that because you're gonna have some authentic blackity black, black, black stuff. Low key. On. See, okay. see, I'm gonna do it too, but I'm gonna be. I ain't gonna. Lie, I'm gonna be tight. I'm gonna be tight about it. I'm like, this is some bullshit because I was on my way, nigga. Like, nah. but I'm gonna take it. But fuck I'll you. Him. But fuck. I'll be the black guy. Hey, y'all need the representative. I'm him. Y'all need me on the calls, on the on the videos. Y'all show the company. Like, nigga, I'm him. Alex, we got Alex. My name. We Who do you Alex. think you are? <laughs> I'm him. Like, hey, we we'll love that. Oh, put put me in IND anywhere. Any company, bro. If it's an IND position and it's up there, like nigga, I will highly consider it. Like, come put on, this is my work. Coach. This is my work. Put me in the you game, know what I'm saying? coach. 
Did I mention hiring managers out there? Did I mention I am certified <laughs> in inclusion and diversity from Yale School of Management? I am certified. I am the. He said, I need put that. Put me in the game. I need that. I would love that. <laughs> my current company, man. So I told you I'm in this new role. So when I was in my interview process, like, you know, when it's time for me to ask questions, I'm like, man, you know, I went on the website. I didn't see anything. I didn't see anything about inclusion and diversity. So, you know, I was trying to see, like, is it, would you say that's an initiative? Would you say that's something you're working on? There's a white dude I'm talking to. Of course. <laughs> and, you know, and this, okay, like, this hey, you company, are bold. It's much, hey, that is bro. That's like, that is hey, it's like, nigga shit. I don't hey, know, bro. It's like, it's, I feel that, that, that bro. surprised me, bro. Like, that, because I'm like, bro, it's 2022. Like, how, I mean, because they got all these initiatives, like, you know, purpose integrity you know all that shit that companies got but i'm so used to seeing inclusion like it's got to be there like inclusion got to be there even if y'all faking the funk it's got to be there that's just how i feel so when i don't see that i'm like okay so i asked that question i mean he really tried to dance around it because he was you know he was just like you know like we are very inclusive very diverse and you know we pretty much giving me the standard we would never discriminate kind of answer and then he tried to say you know a lot of these big companies kind of like what i was just saying like they fake it like they say that they got it but they really not about it and we kind of like the opposite like we ain't got it officially listed but it is something important and uh i'm just like okay um and he was like, you know, in the near future, as we grow as a company, like that's definitely something that we want to, you know, get more formalized and stuff like that. Uh, and I'm like, okay, I don't love that answer. I don't so love it. Because actually I, doing something, but it right, ain't nothing ain't formal, nothing. and they not publicizing it, but they doing they're something. They're not. They're not. Uh, Man, like to me, they're just they're like this is a. I will say this is a. Uh, you know, it's kind of like a sales culture. Like it's not directly sales, but it's a it's a very sales culture. So the culture is much different than anything I've experienced. Like, you know, because it's all about production, 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 production. Hey, when the production good, hey, we're great and we will celebrate our wins. Like, but hey, but still though, keep keep going hard. You know what I mean? Which, I, which I'm used to, kind of a company that's like, look, you know, we gotta preach work life balance and. You know, I mean, yeah, we work hard, but I mean, you know, take your time off and stuff like that. This company, like, uh, you know, yeah, work-life balance is, is important, but you know, get that work done. Though. <laughs> get that work done, then you can go, you can go deal with your life. Like, we want you to deal with your life now, but it's work though. It's, you know, it's like when they say you can balance athlete. that other shit, <laughs> that other right. shit on your plate. You can balance, but this work right. shit is probably you, you just want to let you know. Get this shit <laughs> right. done, you know. <laughs> <laughs> like for real it's like it's like your ass be over there they took their jobs <laughs> right because <laughs> you you'll be coasting you'll be coasting you know making your little because it's a base plus commission job so you can make your little base but hey, you ain't bringing in no commission after a while niggas like hey you can't yeah we ain't just gonna keep feeding you that base now because the base kind of generous i'm like they like uh we ain't gonna let you just sit here so you know, and it's—I think this company just been around for about ten years. So it's not like hey, that's bullshit. Company. I just want to call that out. I just want to call that I mean, out. Come on, I know that's bullshit. I know this. Uh, you know, I'm chasing money right now. Uh, you know, I worry about the—I worry about the inclusion. And that's if you know, if I be a part of this company long term, it's like really if if one year in, if I go one year in, and I'm still like for it, like still like filling my role and stuff like that. Then, you know, I've already talked to one of my peers who, you know, he's been saying that because we've talked about because, I mean, he told me he's like, bro, when you come to this company, like, you know, just know that. I mean, it's very white. 
Like it's very, I mean, and there's no other way to describe it. In my old company, I'm like, okay, like we pretty white, but now this company is like, it's white. Like it's very white. Now it is young. It's young white. Mm -hmm. You know, it ain't old white. It's young white. So I prefer, I actually prefer that over, you know, old white. Like I'll take the young white over old white, but you know, it's definitely, you know, that. And I mean, even just by the answers I was getting about this inclusion shit, I'm like, clearly this is like kind of uncomfortable for y'all. Yeah. Like, y'all, you don't, you don't even feel confident enough to really just speak to me about it. Um, as opposed to like at my old company, it would have been a lot of people confident enough to speak on the stuff that we're doing because they doing it like they doing it. We got our black people. We got our faces like they, we, they know about the initiatives like, you know, even though it might not actually lead to anything, it's still they're putting in the work. Like they're doing work, something to say that they're doing something. Bro, this company, uh, uh-uh. none of that. It's so crazy. We have the exact opposite point of references and how that affects us. Like I come from my last job. I come from a culture of like this is a white job, a white company. You are a black mm-hmm. guy that works at a white job, where these are mm-hmm. are Muslim people that work at a white job. Like this is white culture is standard, and y'all are here. Like, like mm-hmm. that was very much so the energy to the point where like. You just knew it. Like, you knew that's what they was on. They don't care about all that. Like, bro, it's, you know, y'all remember how it was when George Floyd happened? Yeah. We have a meeting. Just putting black boxes up? No, no, no. Uh, at, my, at my job, at my job, at my job, like, hey, Blake, we noticed you're a couple minutes late to the two o'clock meeting. Is everything like, where are you? Like, ain't no, ain't no, let's stop or let's check in and see how y'all feeling. Like, bro. It's it's Ramadan. Hey nigga, you're late. <laughs> it's pure it's Ramadan going it's Ramadan going on. The Muslim co-workers like, you know, uh, you know, guys, you know, stuff going on. They like, hey, we have a deadline coming up. Are you gonna be able to get this done today? Like, it ain't no nothing like bro. That was the energy there. So walking into like my company at that time and being like, what do y'all have for diversity and inclusion? They be like, Hey, the CEO a woman, that's all we got for you. That's probably it. That's probably like, hey. You, <laughs> is that enough inclusion for your black ass? <laughs> that's, that's how they feel. Like, they like, look, you, you know, we diverse. Like, uh, what What else? It, it's you women. Ain't, you ain't never seen this shit. How many women you know leading this shit? It's like, Come it's on, like, it, it, hey, it's and like, we listen. It's like 10 of y'all in here, bro. It's like 10 black folks in here, bro. Like, it's like, we got like two on each floor. It's lit for y'all. Like they damn like that's they energy through and through, bro. So I'm like, bro, if you came in there doing that, they would immediately be like, yeah, we're not, we're not hiring him. Like it's no way. But hurt. see, we've actually decided to go in another direction. <laughs> but at my new job, if I had a head, if I had been on that, they would have been like, yes, bro. Like, but they're like, you know, hey, black folks, the the, the Hispanic community, like, bro, they make jokes and then the see, like, bro, I've had, I've been on a call where a vice president made a joke. We're an international company. And he's worked um, really closely with a guy with a strong British accent. He made a small joke about how, like, sometime when he first started working with dude, he would, like, say certain things. And he'd be like, I didn't know what you were talking about. He made a joke about that. They are good friends. Every single person on the call laughed. It wasn't no, like, deep, like, rooted energy in it. Bro, dude, individually, the the vice president called me directly and apologized. He was like, Blake, um, I'm calling a few people. And, and, you know, it just didn't feel right on my heart. Like, after I thought about how, you know, um, international and global we are, I don't want anybody to feel 
uncomfortable about their backgrounds or accents. So I just wanted to make sure that I didn't offend you. I'm like, bro, we're fine. Like, you don't have to call me for this. Like, I'm like, my mind was blown. I'm like, this is crazy. Like, like I couldn't use a little extra five thousand dollars on this check, though. Right. Bro, no, you bro. know what? I was offended. You know, I was offended. You know, I was hurt. I felt betrayed. I, what, what Amy Schumer say when what's the name smacked uh what's the name? Uh <laughs> <laughs> That's how you should have responded. Bro, when his name this call was unhinged. Bro, you know when you first start a role, you meeting so many new people. I seen this name come across the screen. I'm like, nah, this can't be who calling me. Like, right. That's right. not nah, that's not who I think it is. He came up on the screen. I'm like, oh, I have on a t-shirt. We're turning yeah, on videos. Him. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we are turning on videos. Okay. Hey, All right. Know. Face to face. Okay. <laughs> like, like I'm over. I'm. How are you doing, Blake? Blake, probably over here in the NWA shirt with "fuck the police" on it. Like, bro, come are you on, there? come on, dog, don't call me. He's. Like, I can cool. hear you, but I can't see you. Um, are you there? Man, <laughs> kill me with this yeah, shit. Bro. All right, all right. Hey, kill me with this shit, bro. I keep a polo. I gotta keep a polo in the office now because I don't know when y'all gonna be on some weirdo hey. shit. Like, I keep the golf polo right to the right of me, nigga. I throw that bitch on. Take it right off. <laughs> Bro, okay, like, while we talking about that, this is this is something I was talking to Brittany about. This is definitely, like, I'm going to be the outlier here, but it's about cameras on. It's about turning your camera on and off at work. Uh, and here go my take on this, man. Like, since the pandemic started, especially now that we deep in the pandemic, like we multiple years in niggas been remote when as a leader turn your camera on like when we come in the meeting turn your camera on i just want to see you. you you get to spend most of your day off camera but we are in a meeting i would like your camera on for me it's no excuse not to turn your camera on i see a lot of people saying well you know like i, I could be i gotta do something else i could you know i got all these other shit i'm doing and maybe that's fine if you if you uh you know eating a sandwich Okay, have your camera off. I mean, your camera shouldn't be off every fucking meeting every day. Like, that's how I feel. Like, to me, it's like, like you, you already at home. If we was in office, I would see your ass all day. It's not that I, you know, like I'm trying to look at you or watch you or, or something like that. It's just, to me, it's like a respect thing. Like, I don't know. Like, this, is, this, this keeps the visual part. Like, the fact that I can see you, you can see me. I don't care if you look crazy. I don't care if you look presentable. Because niggas be, you know, I see top-level people sometimes in a, in a T-shirt sometimes. With the you bacon know. neck, <laughs> I mean, hopefully not. <laughs> hopefully not. But see, but that's my take. I know everybody is just like, bro, because I see a lot of shit that's like, why do I got to turn my camera on? Like, I'm like, because you fucking working remote. Like, you got everything you want. Just turn it on for five minutes or ten minutes or thirty minutes. As long as the meeting, it makes our interaction a little bit more personable. Like, I don't know. That's just me. I know that's unpopular, but I kind of want to know y'all thoughts. I was going to say, I don't, what's crazy is I don't think you're an outlier, at least not on here, because I agree with you. I like the camera on aspect of things, because I like, for me, I'm engaged. If you, if we never have our cameras on, and this is a meeting where I know I have, like, fringe, you know, individualism in it, like, I, I, I might not even speak the entire call. No camera, I'm not engaged for real. Like, I'm probably still working or doing something else. Um, and I'm, I'm kind of listening. But when I had this camera on, I like it's just a natural. It's a it's a more human interaction. So I agree. I enjoy that. But don't play them games with me. Like 
if, if we ain't never had them camera on, don't just randomly do that shit, bro. Don't just I randomly do that shit to me. Especially because I'm not comfortable being, I'm still not comfortable being a nigga at work, bro. I'm still not doing, like, and so don't put me on camera and I got on a fitted and, and, and gold necklaces and shit. Like, that shit is going to piss me off, bro. It's going to, I'm going, I'm not I mean, going to turn it on. I mean, what if, I mean, but I just feel like at some point, and this is me, I got to have an attitude of like, bro, like I'm finna be black as hell on camera. Like, in my last company, nigga, I'm coming on camera. My background is Black History Month, you know, like in February, like it's black and I'm, it's like a new one every week or it's, you know, it's some recent thing or, you know, some like, it's just going to be very, very me. First of all, it's going to be very me. Sometimes I'll throw some golf shit up there, but it's going to also be some black shit. It's going to be. You know, like for Women's Appreciation Month, I just got a whole bunch of women of color behind me. Like, you know what I mean? Like, unapologetically. See, it's, I think it's kind of how I like to approach the camera. I think it's just a, a, I think it's those two different perspectives we have. Like we just said, like mm. you come from a job where like that shit was at, and I don't come from that, bro. Right. So I for me, it's that. a boundary. For me, I'm not introducing race because I don't ever want you to come talk to me about race, bro. I don't I ever that. want to talk about race with any of y'all. Like, leave me alone. Don't talk to me about this <laughs> shit. I don't want to hate you, bro. I'm going to hate you if you come off and you on some racist shit. You're going to fucking ruin my day every time I have to speak to you. Because I'm like, you are a racist piece of shit. And I don't want to address that. I don't want to I don't want to have to deal with that. I don't want to have to be your black source of knowledge. I don't want you coming up asking me about rappers, bro. Like I don't want to do none of that shit. Ooh. I don't. Wanna you heard do that. that new little Wayne, bro? I don't want to. <laughs> that do... new little Wayne. So that for wheezy. me, so for me, it's like, bro. I keep all of my blackness to myself at work because that is a strong boundary, bro. Do not come up to me on no black shit. Now, if you black, okay, I'm with that. I'm with that. Come on, go we, extra black. Yeah, yeah. Can we, we get real black? We, in here? we have on Niggas the private handshakes. We have on the private call. Oh yeah, hey. What up? <laughs> what it is? You know what I'm saying? Like I ain't, I ain't tripping at all. But like, bro, just my general presentation, bro. No, bro, no. It don't even need like, <laughs> no. Hell no. I don't no, even. That, that... I don't even like when people ask me about my last name. Like, like some net obvious. I'm like, bro, I don't want to talk about it, bro. I don't want to talk about it, bro. Leave me alone. What does your name mean, Blake? Bro, nothing. How do I pronounce that. Nothing. It's uh, it's German actually. Like, like I'm trying to make it's this German. sound is like, let's not talk about it as possible, bro. Leave me alone. No, I I definitely feel that. Uh, whenever you got that race conversation with a white coworker, it's I mean it's it's a fucking coin toss, nigga. It's a roll of the dice of damn, are you finna really be my ally, quote unquote? You know that's that buzzword, ally. I, I'm an ally. You can you can confide in me, Bro. or are you finna say some? Are you gonna be the guy who, <laughs> in one of our little diversity meetings, this nigga, this dude? First of all, I know he was white. He had his camera off. So we couldn't tell. But this is like a this is a race and ethnicity group meeting that, of course, everybody involved in. But, you know, we talking about things. Oh, we was talking about hiring and, uh, you know, uh, you know, affirmative action. He was pretty much shitting on affirmative action. I'm like, dude, why are you coming in here with this type of energy? I know I know that we tell people like, hey, regardless of your thoughts, like, you know, share them like this is a safe space. And we here to like really talk shit out. But he was clearly a dude who like, no, I'm getting these takes off and ain't nothing y'all say about to change my mind and you know how black people get like 
if you got a white person coming on with that energy, we're not going to give him this like caring, like, oh, I understand how you like it is people visibly upset on camera. Like, what the fuck is this dude talking about? Uh, but what tripped me out, man, dude, black dude that worked at the company, man, this man, because I told you the dude wasn't on camera. So he had a little avatar. His avatar was a piece of bacon. It was two pieces of bacon. And he was like, I can't remember. I'm going to just say his name, John. He was like, John, you know, I'm not sure what ethnicity you are. I mean, your profile picture is a piece of bacon. So I don't know what you are. But like, bro, when I tell you I had to go off camera, just him saying that shit, I was fucking dead. He was like, bro, you, I mean, it's a piece of bacon. So because who, who got that as their avatar? Like everybody got their professional headshot or just maybe a picture of them having fun. It's a picture of them. Like, you know, maybe every once in a while somebody might have like the UT logo, Alabama, like they a sports fan. This nigga got a piece of bacon on the race and ethnicity call going off on niggas. Saying, In pork, we trust. Hey, I'm kick, I'm kicking him off the call, bro. He's getting kicked. I don't like, care. Bro. Go to whoever, and, see, bro. And You're my getting thing, kicked, bro. Go to corporate. It's my fine. thing is like I would, it's like I, you know, when it comes to people who got these ideologies, specifically people who are not of color, and because I understand the only way you're gonna get through to them, you can't like attack them, you can't attack their views, you gotta acknowledge what they're saying, you gotta like speak a little bit of okay, there's a little truth in what you're saying, but here's this other thing that you're not considering, and you know, you gotta phrase it in just a non combative way. But, you know, the call became very combative and then it becomes unproductive because then it kind of become like this shouting match, which it should never become. And it's like, all right, let's move forward. Like, you know, we appreciate your thoughts and shit like that. Uh, but, yeah, man, it's like you got to be you got to be careful there. Because when you talk to people, you know, I, I personally spoke with somebody at work who truly was on some ally shit. Like I could tell she did the research. She like, look, I know what's going on. I know that they uh saying that these are true protests and they're not actually protesters. They this other group who just there to cause trouble. And, you know, like I understand, you know, and, and I'm just like, okay, like I, like I appreciate you, you doing the work, but then you got other people who literally just read headlines and they like, you know, it's, I just, I just can't get with the rioting. You know, I just can't get with the, and I'm like, look, I agree with you. I don't like that either, but you know, it's more than that. Like it's, it's more than that going on. And you got to understand niggas getting killed in the street. Like, I don't know. That, but it's a it's a coin toss is what I'm trying to say when it comes to bringing up race. A coin toss Always. is being nice. A coin toss is being nice. It's like a coin <laughs> toss. It's about a and the coin has to land, you know, on the edge, standing up. That's the only type of coin toss it is to me, bro. With the head side facing north, <laughs> like because if it's facing south, that motherfucker gonna fall. And guess what? We right back at the races. Yeah, bro. I'm straight. I'm keeping my boundary up, bro. Don't talk. To, we don't, right back hey, at it. I'm talking about talk expeditiously. And bro. that's where it's like such a a, a thin line <clears throat> because we talk about it all the time on the pod, right? Like someone could listen to some conversations that we have within black culture and be like, that's racist as hell. That's this, that's this, that's this. But from a perspective standpoint, when you are living in a racist society that is kind of set up for you to not win and somehow you got to figure out a way to win your speech is going to be controlled by the narrative that you got to live with every single day and so when people when when you hear black people be like black people can't be racist i think it's more that than black people can't be the definition of racist because to blake's point 
it's a white person. If you hear somebody say like, I don't want to do, I don't want to put my black on display at work. Like I just want to be a regular nigga at work and just like you. But if I see another black person, it's up. Right. That is going <clears throat> for them. They can't conceptualize that because it's not a, it's not an, in, an inclusive thing. Right. Mm-hmm. And for them, their thought process is we have to include you mm-hmm. <laughs> and you get to tell me that you can <laughs> actively exclude me. That is racist. And it's one of those things where you see how quickly something mm-hmm. just is like, if I see another black person, one, it ain't a lot of us. So when you see somebody who looks like you in an environment where it ain't a whole lot of you, you're going to, at some point, you're going to interact. You ain't even got to like them. It could be the one nigga from your neighborhood that you was beefing with your whole life. But if that nigga work where you if work. If he work with you? <laughs> We can't be beefing if we the only two niggas up in here, man. Like, come on. Look, hey, bro. Probably we ain't got to eat lunch together every day, but hey, when I see you. <laughs> Salute. We, bro, bro I did that on the call the other day. I fucked around. It, but I wasn't talking to your point, like, but I was on camera. Everybody was like, all right, great meeting. Boom, boom. I'm like. <laughs> oh, that's not. Bro, I sign off every call like that, bro. Every time. Bro, it. Nate, no doubt. Every Every time. I be doing bro, crazy got, shit, bro. Wait, y'all I got be off, what? I said, I said I did some black ass shit to get off that damn call. <laughs> I ain't even mean to do that. I be saluting in that. I love being black, man. I love just throwing just a little black flavor into anything at work. If I could just throw any type of black twist, you know, like when I get to talk about my I dog. I am similar to you in that, uh, Alex. Did like my backgrounds and stuff. Like, fuck no. Oh um, yeah. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta show because I don't just want. I want you to know that out because because sometimes that help you, Blake. When they go to not talking about the race shit, they be like, okay, that's actually somebody who I don't want to talk to because it seems like that nigga might be on some militant black shit because I don't, you know, he's he's just so pro black, you know what I mean? So sometimes they help you avoid it. They be like, uh-uh, I'm, I'd rather talk with the the light skinned nigga over there, uh, you know, who's mixed or, you know, the Obama looking nigga. Bro, if you come over talking about race, I'm gonna look at you crazy, bro. I'm gonna look at you like you got a third eye if you come to me talking about anything. I'm gonna be like, "What?" So what's your what's your normal background at work? Like blurred out, blurred, blurred out, blurred. straight blurred. <laughs> Leave me alone, bro. Like we don't. I don't want. I don't even want you to know what room I'm in. I don't want to talk, bro. We here to do this work. We can talk about your kids. <laughs> if you had a good day on the lake, maybe a little sports. Don't 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 go past that. Cause, cause you gonna mm. do something. I know you gonna do it. Yeah, I know you gonna, gonna do it, bro. You gonna ruin this for me, bro. You gonna, really... bro. Have you ever just something crazy go on? Something, um, a mass shooting. A mass shooting happens. Everybody's talking about it. It's everybody in the office is a clear distraction. You know what's gonna mess me up? Somebody's gonna be like, I read on Fox News such and such such and such. Why was you on Fox News? That's where you get your news from? Mm-hmm. Oh, you racist. That's my, like that is immediately <laughs> like oh. that is immediately how I'm gonna start feeling. And I don't like that, bro. I don't like knowing that. I don't wanna know that, bro. Mm. No, I'll just assume everybody racist. So it, it ain't gonna it ain't gonna the only thing that could that is gonna happen is your reputation get improved with me. 
you know, because otherwise I'm just going to assume that, you know, you're on the wrong side of the coin. But so yeah. if I'm already starting, but I'm basically, I basically think that, but I'm like, I'm being optimistic a little, like, it's like, uh, okay. it's like I'm on races, but I'm immediately ready to leave. Like I'm immediately ready to leave. Like if you can, can, can show me just a little effort, I'm like, all right, he just comes from a small town. He's not really right. You know what I'm saying? Like, but they, it don't, just don't know. it don't normally work out like that, bro. And I don't, I hate that experience, bro. I really do hate that experience. Mm. He just don't know, man. That nigga from Morristown. <laughs> man, see, you know he come from a small town. That's all it is. He don't, he don't mean Nigga know. from Jasper. <laughs> hey, that's hilarious. A- Alex, what's your go-to background, man? Well, for, I, in my last role, I ain't even really got in my background bag with my current role because we just don't have enough meetings, I'll say that. Um, but last role, definitely, first of all, if it's if it's a month celebrating something, that used to always be my background. Um a lot of golf shit, uh, any type of like big sporting thing or like, like say if a nigga go off, like, you know, he have a big night, like the next day I might have some of him on the background. You know, it's always going to create the conversation. Oh yeah, I did see, you know, Jason Tatum last night, like nigga went off. I'm like, yeah, man, I have to throw that nigga up. Nigga's going off. But my favorite is, you know, when they get into that February, March bag, cause I think it go directly from black history month into women's history month and then i think there's this other like i think we do like hispanic heritage month and i had just a whole bunch of just a whole bunch of hispanic faces behind me like and i ain't even you know me i ain't even that knowledgeable on it but i'm just like no i'm finna show this shit like yeah like y'all not gonna like the attention is gonna be brought in this meeting and it's gonna be me and then you know it's always the people alex i just always love your background like i became known as that person in my last come it's like you just have the most, you know, incredible backgrounds. Then all the IND people reaching out to you. They're like, well, would you, would you consider joining? Or, I'm like, no, nigga, I'm in one. No, that's it. I show up to that one. I speak, too. I ain't, I ain't going to be quiet, too. I'm going to speak. He got J-Lo and, and Daddy Yankee up behind. Yes, yes. And Pitbull, <laughs> God damn it. He got the Super Bowl performance from uh, right. two years ago. Up there. God damn it. I know your stuff, Alan. Hips don't that lie. Spanish. I know oh, your stuff, yes. I got Shakira in that mug. <laughs> It's oh just the Shakira God. Hips Don't Lie video playing as my background. <laughs> like, like, wait till they do video backgrounds, nigga. It's over. When I can put that Will Smith and Jada. When I, I'm just going to put, like, our After Five website video. I'm like, bro, nigga's going to be tripping. That just reminded me. I need to, like, now with the, with the new role, I got to I gotta get back in my background game. All of them was on my work laptop. You know, I got to find all my new backgrounds and shit. <laughs> Had to turn that bitch in. <laughs> ain't nothing better than turning in that work laptop when you was ready to go. Like ain't 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 no better feeling than that. Like y'all got it. It didn't like I will never check that email again. The supervisor looking like so you really gonna leave? Yes. Yep. <laughs> yes. <laughs> nigga, my AVP didn't talk to me until my last day. Like nigga, I put in a two weeks. He did not. S- s- this nigga. He spoke to me on some business shit. We didn't discuss like me leaving or none of that until like the hour before I was leaving. Then he came to my desk. Now he want to have a, you know, 15, 20 minute conversation just about, you know, where are you going? Uh, You know, and, you know, we kind of talked about it. I really kind of alluded to, yeah, like I'm going to chase this back, you know, because he like, yeah, you know, that's a, you know, just we just not paying enough here, man. I'm like, thank you. I'm glad you understand uh, why I nigga leaving. Um, But yeah, man. It's a it's a 
it's a good feeling. But it's also very uneasy too, because you're just like, damn, like who knows what the like who knows what's next? Yeah. You know, who knows what's next? But who wanna who wanna go first, man? Who went on the trip first? Was, was Nate first? I mean yeah. Uh yeah, Nate was first. I haven't went on a trip, so you know, I didn't have a trip. But you got the tournament. Yeah. And that's gonna be boring. Nobody wanna hear about that. I'm gonna talk about it, of course. <laughs> I, I doubt it's boring. Bro, it's gone. I know niggas be look, what's the little is it 15, 30 seconds or when I get in my golf bag, it's just skip, skip, skip. <laughs> okay, nigga. Cause I want to talk about PGA championship, but I'm like, niggas definitely don't want to hear about that. No, nah, you be making the golf shit interesting. I ain't no cap. Well, I I try to. Really, I'm just giving a Tiger Woods update. The nigga's done. He's done. <laughs> I love Tiger, but he's fucking done. And it, it honestly hurts my fucking heart. Bro, I seen him walking. That shit looked done. bad. He's done. It's bad. I'm like. You think it's just his competitive nature or like, like why won't he well, just be done? Oh, uh, yeah. Just competitive nature. Oh, okay. It's It's, you know, like Tiger got 15 majors. Jack Nicholas got 18. Tiger uh-huh. really want to. He really want to get the 19. Like, he's always kind of talked about that. Then, you know, the first kind of go around when he was fucked up, niggas like, damn, it's over. Like, when he was at 14, it's like, okay, you're just going to end at 14. Then he fucked around won that Masters a couple years ago. Then it's like, damn, is it back in Blake? Can the niggas still win majors? Uh, and, you know, if he ain't getting that car accident, I would say maybe. But that car accident, bro, fucked his leg up. And now you can clearly see that because the worst thing about golf is, you know, you got to walk, man. You got to walk 18 holes. And no, you don't got to carry your bag like a nigga like me because I don't have a fucking caddy. But you got to walk 18 holes. And this is like 7,500 yards. And, you know, you end up walking like anywhere between six to 10 miles, like over over a, a course, like, you know, as you're walking. So it's just it's a lot. It's a lot of pressure and, you know, shit on your body. So is that like a rule? Does Tiger not have like, like he don't have enough okay, pool so, to just get carted to each hole? Okay, so here go the thing. You can get an exception, and there is a golfer, John Daly, who is older. He played like in the nineties, like you know, mm-hmm. very known golfer. He he's playing in the PJ Championship now, and he he get the cart around. Mm-hmm. See, but you know, you know what that require uh, a release of pride. You know, to say, look, I'm actually oh, like my shit fucked up, and I still want to play. Tiger, very prideful. <laughs> it's no doubt. It's no doubt that nigga could get an exception and be on a cart right now and be feeling no pain. He could be. I mean, he gonna be in pain, but nigga, you're not walking to your ball. You just stand up and hit the ball. See, but him, he like, uh, uh-uh, uh, I gotta, I gotta walk <laughs> out here serious? just like these niggas. I'm dead serious. He could easily do this, bro, and a lot of people were saying, crazy, bro. yeah. A lot of people were saying, even before he played the Masters, they like, okay, he returned for the Masters. Is he going to get a cart? He going to get a cart? No, Tiger Woods will be walking. Uh, and, and it's like, damn. like, And and Augusta National is one of the hilliest courses on – like, so this is like the worst one to ever walk yeah. like for anybody. But he made it through, right? He played all four rounds, and he was like, shit, if I can make it through that, then I can do anything. I can do anything. And the thing is, this weekend, he made the cut. Like, he, he, like, he didn't have a great first day. But then the second day, uh, he made the cut. Like he, you know, and and some of the best golfers didn't make the cut. So then it's like, all right, he was in no place of winning. I'll yeah, say that. Like yeah. he made the cut. He was right on the line though. And then he went out yesterday and had a terrible day. Mm-hmm. I mean, the conditions were bad. I didn't get to watch none of it because I was playing. But conditions were bad, and I think he shot seventy nine, which is like ter- they said it's his worst round ever in the PGA Championship Jeez. ever, like in the twenty. And then he withdrew. 
So he ain't even playing today. He like, man, I ain't got no chance to win. My leg fucked up. I'm not playing Sunday. You know, he don't need the money or nothing. Yeah. But it's like, fuck it. I'm just gonna withdraw. But you know, the next the next big tournament they're gonna play in uh like the next major is gonna be what they call the British Open, which will be overseas and obviously the UK. So So wait, wait, wait. You saying like health wise, if he was being caught like the walking is easily the most the the hardest part of this process for him. Yeah, I th- I I think it just like because a swing, first of all, a swing is not like the way that they swing. It is taking a toll on his body. Uh-huh. But the as before he came back, the biggest concern, the largest concern, was can Tiger walk four days of eighteen holes on his leg? Like why that's would, been the biggest concern because he is you, prideful, man. This man that is crazy, bro. He just prideful. He just prideful. <clears throat> you know. I'm trying to I'm trying to think of like just something else I can compare it to, but I really don't because golf is just kind of unique in that way. Um, but yeah, I just could literally do it no problem. You know, it's like it's like I don't know if, if a nigga needed like a cast on his arm or something, but a nigga like uh uh-uh, uh, you put no cast on my arm, nigga. Yeah, I'm just I'm just gonna I'm just gonna wrap it with tape and how be good. It's it's like how Steph and them like <clears throat> Steph and them accept like okay, you can't guard the point guard. You're not like that, like. Go go. Mm-hmm. And right. if a nigga was like, nah, I'm a, nah, I'm a guard him and get torched and mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. be like, okay, why are yeah. we doing this? Yeah. It's, that's crazy. That's bro. it. Cause he should definitely because John Daly, John first of all, John Daly don't give a fuck. Like this this is the golfer who they be like, How did you, you know, how did you prepare for the tournament? He like, Well, you know, woke up, uh, you know, smoked a pack of cigarettes, drunk, you know, three beers and uh, you know, hit balls for about five minutes, and I went to the first tee, man. I mean, I mean, that's this shit like he literally said. Like, it's just like unlike any other golfer. Like, he just really don't give a fuck. Uh, and he didn't want some big tournaments, too. You know? And he was one of them golfers who came out of nowhere. Like, nigga, his first time playing was like in some major tournament where he was like fourth alternate or some shit, and then niggas withdrew, and they like, all right, John. And the nigga went out there just fucking hitting the ball 300 yards, and you know, play well and event and like up instantly rose to like fame. It's like okay, everybody know if you know golf and you familiar with the PGA, you know who John Daly is. The name sounds and his familiar. son cold as hell too. Yeah. Oh yeah, like he is, like he he definitely I would say like a top ten famous golfer ever. So, and he ain't even like the coldest, but he was cold in his day, and he still hit the ball a long way. I mean, he's still playing the tournaments. How old you say he is? Having, if I had to guess, I would say. Um, like 50, uh, five, 56. Mm-hmm. Hey Siri, how old is John Daly? Might be older. It's 50, he's 56. John and I definitely know this nigga. Like yeah. I've definitely seen him before. Yeah. Yeah. He got a cold ass son right now too. Um, I think, uh, yeah, when, the beard. Yeah. Tiger, yeah. When Tiger and, uh, his son, you know, they played in them tournaments. I don't mm-hmm. know if you saw, like, they was getting a little pressed. But the first time they played, like, all the attention was on them. But John Daly and his son, they the one that won the tournament. They like, ain't nobody talking about us. We won that bitch. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, everybody just looking at Charlie. Charlie Woods. <laughs> but, yeah, man. I mean, this shit, I don't know who's going to win today. It's some nigga who lead and who he came out. I never even heard of this nigga before. Like, never. I mean, I know a lot of fucking golfers. And, you know, I, th- I think this is either his first or second year on tour. And, I mean, he's playing well. And, you know, all the people I bet on, I mean, I just lost a lot of money because everybody I bet on. Bet on Tiger to be top 10. 
nigga, that ain't happening. <laughs> he went on. I better also, you know, you know, put a little put a little bet on him to win the tournament. You know, you got to do it. The odds be out of control. Right. You just never know. But that that shit was done after day one. I'm like, okay, you know, <laughs> shit. Uh, Jordan Spieth, a great golfer. I, I bet on him to be top ten. He played the first two rounds. It was it was Tiger Woods, Rory McIlroy, who was the fucking truth, and mm-hmm. Jordan Spieth, who's also the truth, which is just a great pairing. And uh, you know, day one, Rory went off, but Jordan Spieth just I don't know, he didn't get it done. He been balling lately too. Been doing every, well in every tournament. As soon as I bet on the nigga, that's trash. how I be. That's I'm how like, I be, bro. It's just ridiculous. And then you know, I put like after that round, I'm like, okay, Rory balling. You know, I can tell that he in the zone. I'm just gonna put like 25 on him to win the tournament. Like that, that should cover all my losses and put a little bit more money in my pocket. Day two, trash. Day three, <laughs> trash. Now, I mean, now he's not even in the running. I'm like, bro, like I didn't lost at least like 50, 60 dollars on this fucking tournament. Like I'm fucking done. Every time I bet, man, it's like I I go a while without betting. Then I'm like, man, I'm finna bet, and then I lose it all. I'm like, like, bro, like, why did I, I do I'm this? About to take another month or two off. Like yeah, I'm like, done. Done. Oh, this is my Stop time. Stop on the playoffs. Soon as the finals like, is bro, over, I take my break. <laughs> I don't even try that baseball I mean, that's shit. It. I don't even try that baseball. Oh shit, no, bro. yeah, I don't. I don't try it either. I don't try it either. Yeah, I was in this uh this little text message group because niggas they always be like because these white dudes I know they big betters and they know a lot of people who big in a betting so they be finding people who sell their bets right and they found this group called the metrics where they was like, yo, all of our bets are like, you know, it's based on true numbers. Look at our stats last season. Like this shit legit. And then sometimes they be throwing out free bets and them free bets was hidden. So they was like, Hey, y'all trying to join this shit. Like it's, it's uh, you know, I don't know a thousand dollars or some shit, but it's, it's oh, wow. 10 of us. So we all going, no, actually it was less than that. It was cause I think we all ended up having to pay like $40 or some shit like that. And it was maybe like 12 people in the group. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, all right, you know, I paid the 40, like, you know, if it's going to work, I'm talking about as soon as we bought this shit, I mean, the picks were fucking awful. The first day niggas went zero and eight and I didn't, I didn't take none of the picks that day. I'm like, no, nah, I'm going to wait and see what, what happened. Niggas and and it'd be so funny, Blake, because they be in that hole going the <laughs> going fuck off. crazy. They like, what the fuck did we just buy? We just went zero and eight. Like you couldn't go zero and eight if you wanted to. Like I couldn't go zero and eight if I wanted to. Like it's like getting the eight leg parlay and you don't hit none of them bitches. You gonna hit one, goddamn. Bro. You know, bro. After that, then I'm like, all right. Then you know, I took a few bets that just I, I was definitely losing more than we were winning. Then after a few weeks. It was just bad. And the nigga who used to post the picks every day, he was like, yo, is anybody even taking these picks no more? Half bro. of them like, no. Like, we just we just gave that money away, and that's it. Bro, oh we had the exact same situation in mind, but we we realized, like, bro, all these people on Twitter, the real business now is getting a group like that, getting a, um, mm-hmm. what are they called? What's that platform called where um, everybody has the different groups? Um, Space. Why, why is it? No, we said we was gonna make one for the pod. Um, it's an app. Oh, you talking about uh, you talking about um, Discord, Discord, yeah, Discord. yeah, bro. That is the business. Everybody gets a Discord. You just get you basically just uh, all they doing is putting in a hundred bets every day, missing on eighty five <laughs> of them bitches, and then posting the fifteen that they hit on Twitter. Like, I hope y'all tell this everybody to. And then you be like, yeah, they get into this money. You join the group and realize, oh, these fuckers suck. And I have to put in every bet at the time they put it in to get the the favorable odds. 
Because it's 200 right. people in here that are going to do what they say and throw the odds off. And so it's like, okay, this is a waste of money. I was doing much better on my own, like taking my own L's yeah. and really making smart bets in general. Like the little bit of information that y'all give me, the ones y'all seen, yeah, this the one, don't ever hit. It be some like no. one-off bullshit you said, yeah, just in case, do this one. It's like the only people who really making money of them are like the um, – the like purse builders, the ones who are like, look, this is what you put in, and it's gonna help you build your bag. It's not sexy. You keep it. You, right. you put ten of these in. You you bet a hundred dollars. You are gonna win seventy, and you just keep building. Mm-hmm. Like them, the only mm-hmm. people really doing something. The rest of y'all, like, it's just a waste of money. Mm-hmm. But That's they true. bringing in so much bread every month doing it. Like mm. that shit is crazy. I mean, bro. I mean, the betting shit, bro. Like. First of all, you can't game this shit. Like, like there are minor advantages some people got, like in terms of just their ability to bet. They're, like, they're, you're not gonna be better than, like, you'll never be better than, like, I don't know, fifty five percent. Like, you will never be better. Wow. And if you if you fifty percent, like, nigga, you are great. You are, you know, what I mean, elite. like, you can hit fifty percent of your bets. Like, so, and these niggas who at the top, look, fifty five percent means you in the black. And if you could just be in the positive, like, it's fine. And, and you know, then it just right. depends on how the size of your unit. Like, it, if your unit's small, then okay, you coming up on a few dollars every week, you know. But it, if you like these niggas who, like, this first nigga we used to buy from, his name Papa Bear, his unit's $500. So he'd be like, okay, this this a one-unit bet. Then he'd be like, all right, this is my four-unit bet. This my, you know, my unit used to be $10. So I'm like, okay, this is my $40 bet, man. I need you to hit. <laughs> my, my that, nigga, that nigga was 40% on them hoes. I'm like, bro, you killing me. My biggest unit was seven dollars. I ever got up to. I ain't even make it past seven. <laughs> hey, bro, that's smart. Niggas gonna, be laughing at how I lose, but I, you know, I be hitting, so I be like, "Ooh, man!" <laughs> like I be like, niggas can laugh at it, but I be hitting, dog. Bruh. Like, bro, I got so heartbroken. Not this last game, but the game before last, because I had a six thousand to one six leg parlay. And only missed on one leg. And that's because Bam Adebayo decided he didn't want to fucking show up to the damn game. See, I'm not doing none <laughs> 6, of that. 6,000 to 1 odds, Alex. I'm not doing that. At $20, dog. I'm not doing none yeah, of that. would have been shits. nice. I'm not doing none of them nice. shits, bro. Yeah, parlays are impossible. Bro. That shit is <laughs> done. That shit but is I hit, like, done. I hit a couple, though. I done hit a couple. But the thing of it is, like, parlay, I hit on parlays consistently because what I end up doing is when you stack it, most people just do like a two, three leg parlay. Nigga, I mm-hmm. am going to do a four to six leg parlay with some shit that I know is going to hit. It be the Hell. little individual shit that you stack don't know, up. And then, <laughs> I mean, think about this, right? No, Nate, the way you described it is the conservative <laughs> method. And that's really how you drive yourself crazy. Because that really be the shit that trigger you, bro. Because you like... I know yeah. this motherfucker Giannis didn't get four rebounds. Like, I just know it didn't happen. <laughs> like, you be so fucking mad, your blood pressure up. That shit not healthy, bro. Stop doing that shit. <laughs> Stop doing that shit. That's not healthy, bro. That shit's stressful. Bro, I it's don't stressful. do that shit no more. I bet on shit like the Grizzlies over. Like, I know them young niggas, they gonna run that bitch up. They up 30, we gonna keep shooting that hoe. Like, I know that. Right. And that's the type of shit I bet on. I'm through with but see, all that. See, the thing shit, is, it be the same thing though. Like, nah, think about it, right? Like, let's think shit, about bro. this. Let's think about the Golden State. The, the Golden State Warriors have been holding up for me consistently, right? 
you either go and shout out to the Phoenix Suns because before they got their ass kicked and got put out, they was pretty consistent for me too. It don't even got to be the crazy junks, bro. Like James Harden, James Harden won me like $50 twice because I was like, this nigga's not going to score over 15 points. <laughs> it is the playoffs. They depended on money. him. That nigga is not going to score over 15 points. And it was like, that was a consistent joint for me. Like That's pathetic. Think about <laughs> Golden State. I'm like, bro, Steph going to give me at least 10. Clay going to give me at least 10. Jordan Poole going to give me at least 10. I can count on Draymond for two rebounds. Kevon Looney for maybe three rebounds. And then somebody like Jalen Brunson, they going to get more than 10 points. Luka going to get more than 10 points. It's a whole bunch of legs in this shit. But you may have a 600 to 1 odd on hitting all of this shit. At the same time, throw your little $5 on there. I'm like shit. If it don't hit, if one leg don't hit, I got insurance. So I'm gonna get the little five dollars back. Fuck it. <laughs> yeah, I opted in. Look, <laughs> hey, I opted in. <laughs> Look, dog, that, I don't let this betting shit stress me at all no more. I'm either going. No. I'm gonna put my money up, and I'm gonna, until that money run out, I'm gonna play. And when I'm playing, I'm playing shit like this. Golden State is number two in the league in threes. At home, they average like 15 threes a game. I'm gonna take the over. Of Golden State's threes as a team. And they're going to hit that shit more times than not. And you know what I'm going to do every time I take that over? If I put $20 on that over, I'm going to put $5 on my head set. And I'm going to put $5 on the under because those odds are paying out better. And mm. and look, either way, I'm not even going to look at this shit until the next day probably. Because I'm this shit ain't going to kill me. Because that's how them motherfucking parlays used to have me, bro. And them parlays, <laughs> dog, that shit there. If I take the over on somebody getting one point five assists and that motherfucker don't hit, I'm like, I'm gonna lose my mind, bro. Like I'm going mm. Who gonna start with gonna start us off because he went on the first trip? Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, man. Uh so took my wife to Hawaii for her birthday. Hawaii. Uh, it was lit. We went to Honolulu. Man, what um, guy. It was it was beautiful. It was my first time going to Honolulu. I had been to uh, the Big Island Kona, but I had never been to Honolulu, so that was a completely different experience from what I experienced in Kona. Uh, definitely more fast paced, many 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 more people, uh, much 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 higher. <laughs> but it was cool, man. Great experience. Um, you know, every time we travel somewhere, we get some like wild uber lift experiences uh <laughs> so this time we was in hawaii uh we got an older black dude um and when i tell you this nigga was pure comedy from the time he picked us up <laughs> until the time he dropped us off pure comedy i mean you know he told us his story well first when we first got in the car right he was like oh i'm so glad y'all some nice good young black people because I had this ugly bitch in here earlier, and oh. she was just the nastiest lady. I, like, she going to sit up here and try to tell me how to drive. Like, lady, the destination is in the app. You chose the destination. How you going to tell me how to get to the place you chose better? He said she wanted to go to this one place, right? I know it's up here to the left of this McDonald's. She telling me to turn right go around i said ma'am that's not there 
Yes, it is. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not there. Like, but you know, I do what she say do. And you know what? I dropped her ass off right there where she said that it was going to be. She said it's not here. He said, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Drove off. <laughs> so he picks us up. He's telling us about this lady. He said, you know, I ain't never seen no woman this ugly before. Like, her inside and her outside were ugly. Just ugly. Okay. And I'm just like, you know, why do you got to get in my car? I'm just an old man trying to make a light little living. You know, I'm living comfortably. But this motherfucker, he was just ugly. <laughs> he oh was just God. going, oh. <laughs> give a fuck. Hilarious, bro. Uh, so then he started talking to us about his grandson. His grandson was like literally... Uh, T.J. Henderson from Smart Guy, 13-year-old uh, college student. That's how they even got to Hawaii. He was brilliant, graduated at 12, and was able to go to uh, University of Hawaii at 13. By the time mm. he graduated, they wanted him to be on the faculty. Damn. There he was picked up. Uh, he was a VP by 21, like stupid, stupid, stupid smart uh, uh, So he was just talking to us about like that experience because he – you know, you're a black man from the South. <laughs> In Hawaii, you do what I'm saying? He was from Texas. Uh, so, <laughs> he was just uh, just telling us, like, the differences. He said at that point, they had been there for, like, 20 years, I think. Um, so, it's it's been a wild experience for him. Uh, he was just talking about his wife. Uh, he said his wife was a little old, small woman. He was like, she mean as a snake. It was like, it seemed like the older she get, the more mean she get. Oh my god! And he was like, you know, a few years back she went vegan. Um, I couldn't do that shit. <laughs> he said, you know, I got to do it for everybody. He said, you know, my children and my grandchildren, you know, they they vegan and stuff, but you know, not me. Shit, I'm gonna eat me some damn. <laughs> Y'all like what? What y'all like? Y'all like man? You can't beat no damn neck bones, no pig feet, pig feet, boy. I tell you, and you know all they got here is that damn pickled pig feet. I ain't eating that shit. But they, you get you some good pig feet, man. That's some good eating. Yeah, my wife, but she don't make it for me because you know she's vegan. <laughs> bro, drop me <laughs> off, bro. <laughs> he was like, yeah, like, he was on, like I don't understand why. Why she so mean? I just don't get it. And Wayne was like, I mean, you said she don't eat a whole lot. Maybe she hungry. <laughs> he said, you know, that's probably it. Because she just be eating that little grass and shit. She probably is hungry. That's why she's so mean. <laughs> grass. See, she hangry all the damn time. That's the problem. Thank you. So you just you just unlocked my marriage. <laughs> So that was, bro. That was a hilarious thing, man. We, uh, he was actually taking us to uh, this tour where we did like a movie tour. So we saw where they shot Jurassic Park, Kong Skull Island, uh, Lost, a bunch of those different areas, uh, and that was cool. And then on our way back, I saw a post on Instagram where this dude was like. Alright dads let's be honest Let's talk about the first time uh, You uh, dropped your baby And you didn't tell <laughs> The mama or your significant other So I'm looking at this post And I'm reading the comments Dog my man said I took my baby to the beach 
and like we chilling and uh i put her on the towel she roll off the towel so i'm like going to get her i try to get her she slip out she fall roll down again she didn't get swapped up in the damn tide i gotta go out there and get the damn baby <laughs> He was like, she was choking and shit, but she all right now. She good. Here she is. She fo. <laughs> like, bro. See, that's why women are terrified. Oh my really God. like that. Bruh, I'm like, this is the most chaotic story ever. So I'm looking at Wayne's reaction. And so she like, have you ever dropped Z? I'm like, yeah. Man. <laughs> I would so, be like, I know your ass and did it too. So don't even front. Bruh. So I had said Z on the couch, right? Like we, I'm, we chilling. I sit her on the couch. Everything cool. Z like to move. Like she done always like to move. Strong legs. She just be kicking. Like she came out the womb with abs, dog. Like I don't <laughs> understand it. She couldn't even hold her neck up all the way, and she like raising up, like raising her shoulder. I got a video of her raising her shoulder up. First tummy time, she didn't set up like she doing a plank. Like what the hell is going on, dog? So that's crazy. We on the couch, we kicking it. My girl rolls off. <laughs> she roll off the couch, but Z tough as nails. Like don't nothing scare her. Don't nothing make her cry. Like she just be like what the hell just what happened dog like you gotta tell me what's going on because i'm feeling some shit and i don't know how to feel about this shit and i just got her scooped up real quick it was like shit right <laughs> so uh yeah i told her that and wayne was like what the hell you mean you dropped the baby the baby the baby rolled off of what <laughs> i'm talking about i'm talking about we middle of the trip i'm talking about we uh uh Get money. She like, wait a minute. <laughs> you said the baby. The baby fell. The, the baby fell off of what? You did what? Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so yeah, man. Things happen, man. <laughs> Hawaii was mean. fun, dog. Hawaii was uh, Hawaii was definitely a a, a great getaway, man. That's awesome, man. Like, where'd you go, man? Bro, we were actually trying to get out to Hawaii, and then the timing of it just didn't work out. So we were like, we going somewhere. And uh, we had been talking about it for a minute about getting out to wine country. And I was like, bro, I've been trying to get to an NBA game. So we just decided to hit San Fran uh, for like an extended weekend. It was a, actually, we were almost there on a week, actually. Dang. It's crazy. But uh, we did San Fran for a few days, and then we, the other half of the trip was in uh, Napa, bro. And it was it was a great trip. I would recommend it to anybody. But I think something happened. I don't know if the universe was just like, you know, y'all been wanting to travel with the pandemic. Let's just – everything fell in line for us from beginning to jump. Like, we got, we got to the car rental. They were like, you can get a Camry, or we got a Wrangler, too, if y'all want. We ain't going to charge y'all more for it. We like I bet we I'll we get it. we get a Wrangler okay so that was cool to have for the uh, week especially up there because they roads are crazy bro it's like it's kind of scary kind of fun but they have like these like rolling hills to where it's like a roller coaster like the hills are so crazy when you come to stops 
they have a little flat part up there because they like, look, you can't just stop on this hill because that's how steep it is. And then, and I mean, it's and and they come out of nowhere. So like, you'll be doing regular driving, and then you come up on them bitches, and then like, it, you can't stop. Like, so you just own that hole. You just flying up and down them. Everybody going forty. Like it ain't no slowing down for it. It's just I don't know. It's crazy, but that was cool. Um, the homeless thing gets crazy. It's like a um, it's a very liberal city, and so you can tell like. There's just a lot of uh, consideration for different cultures um, all over the city and all over things. And it's just like the gap that they just they just did not get right was the housing crisis. Like the homeless community there is ridiculous, like crowds on 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 corners and stuff when you downtown. It's insane to the point where they don't even it's kind of like. It's almost hopeless. Like it's sad, bro. It's sad. Mm-hmm. Like, cause they don't they don't be asking you for no money. Like they just like we just here mm-hmm. doing drugs mm-hmm. out in the open. It is crazy. And somehow the city still just functions right along with it. Like homeless people mm-hmm. going crazy, police officers di- directing traffic at the very same intersection. Like it's wild. Um, and so I don't know, because that is there, their street culture is just so casual, like. People walking by us smoking weed, it ain't no thing. Like everything is just a vibe. Everybody is kind of it's 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 California, but it almost feels like the East Coast a little bit in the sense that it's like mm. everybody's minding their business and doing their thing, and just we just vibing out here. But it's it's Cali, so I don't know. It's weird, but it's a cool city. We had a Warriors playoff game. We went to the elimination game against Denver. That shit was lit. Um, we. Um, did some shopping. Well, Napa was crazy. Napa is crazy, really, because old white men and rappers really had the same interests. And so you see stuff that like just crazy cars, crazy jewelries. Like, dude went to a wine tasting with us. He had on a presidential rollie. I like talked to him about it. He was like, "Let me hold it." And, like, it was just all type of shit just going on there. Where you like, bro? They have money like here. Just like it's just crazy. Real bread. Yeah, he was just casual with it. Like I was like, it's a nice watch. And he was like, Oh yeah. He's like, you know, proud to talk about it. Cause you know, even though they buying those things, most people don't don't just like recognize them. So they excited to mm-hmm. talk about it, but it's just like it don't really come up like that. And then all the cars that are on back order that everybody's telling you you can't get for months, casually up there. They just you know what I'm saying? And it's like you gotta remember like the audience that this is for is older white people. So you walk into like hotels that are supposed to be so nice and, and the top tier. It's just like a traditional style, like from the nineties. It just looked normal. It's just a weird place to be, but it was cool, bro. It was really cool. Um, shout out to Brown Estate. It's a black owned winery. And it's like you know how when you do black owned stuff, a lot of time it's like, yeah, we black, black, black. Like we 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 just happy to be here. We the blacks. <laughs> The rap music gonna be it's not like that, you know. It's just like a black owned winery. Like they just happen to be black. And it's like we're very intentional about like the fact that we're black and like there's gonna be uh, a reading nook that has a lot of dope um black authors and, and, and black cultures through here, but it's not like this is don't get it twisted, this is still high end wine in Napa. You know, we gonna you know, it's just a dope vibe. So Brown was the MVP, I think. We went to a castle. That was pretty cool, but 
All in all, it was just it was just a cool trip, bro. We had a blast. Hmm. That's cute. <laughs> <Just playing. laughs> I'm just jealous because I ain't been on no trip in forever. Bro, bro. y'all would like this trip. trip. That's a cool, that's a cool trip. Y'all would enjoy. Maybe not Napa. Yeah. I don't know how y'all feel about wine, but I think you and Britt uh, We would love enjoy. wine, man. Oh, okay. So that would that actually is like right up our alley. Bro, that'd be so. a fun trip. I'll uh, throw it on the docket. I mean, there's so many places that I need to go. Like, it's just ridiculous. I just keep going to the fucking beach and playing <laughs> golf. I just, keep do- I just keep doing that. Like, I'll be like, Brittany, can we go back to Miami? She like, nigga. <laughs> I'm like, it was just so great. I just enjoyed myself. I don't know. What to yeah, I haven't been on no trips, but, um, you know, I did host my annual golf tournament. <clears throat> Voice kind of cracked there. Golf tournament um, here in uh, this shit hole uh that as blake likes to call it uh but yeah here in that's Tennessee, not what i said um, he, what he, he, he said it was an impoverished area Impoverished, yeah okay. yeah that's it's no. synonymous those are synonymous terms um whatever so yeah you know uh hosted it uh we had about seven golfers this year i'm a little late we had nine last year uh i was hoping to grow it but you know we uh only had seven this year um but it was good man it was good it was a good time uh we played um just two rounds. Um, you're not on mute there. Not on mute. Uh, <laughs> uh, just, this is a reminder for everybody in the meeting. If you could, please mute <laughs> your microphones. Uh, thank you. Uh, but yeah, you know, we played two rounds. One on Saturday, one on Sunday. Um, at some local real nice courses. It was a good time. Uh, but, you know, there's a little controversy, man. A little controversy. Um, you know, uh, my good friend Austin... Uh, competed in this tournament uh and the way we do our tournament is like because we're all different skill levels you know we base it off our handicap so just to tell people handicap is a part of not only golf but it's some it's some other sports i think another one i could think of is bowling people have a, a handicap essentially it's just a number that kind of advises how good you are so when i'm playing against somebody else it can be determined like how many strokes i need to give them you know it's kind of like basketball if i was going against fucking Jason Tatum, right, and we playing a game to 10, well, nigga, that nigga need to spot me nine points. Like, come on. Like, yeah. if I score one, I win, or maybe two, you know. So so in golf, it just makes that easy so we don't have to guess how many I'm going to give you. This your handicap, this my handicap, I give you this many strokes. Uh, so, you know, it makes it competitive. But day one, this nigga Austin was fucking balling. Like, balling. Like, cause so you already give him a whole bunch of strokes, but then, like, the nigga be playing good. It's like, bro, what the fuck? You know, so um, after day one, I mean, he was he was in first. I was in second. He was beating me by like seven strokes. And then the next day I got to get a nigga like another 22 strokes. You know what I mean? So it's like, fuck. Uh, but it actually, you know, it ended up being pretty competitive. You know, as things in golf always do, they level out. Um, and, you know, it actually came down to the last hole, to the last putt where I needed to get a par to win. And if I got a bogey, we would have tied. And, uh, you know, in, in spectacular AC fashion, sunk the par putt, man, clutch yourself. And, um, yeah, won the tournament. Um, actually got my trophy right here. I'm going to show you all my trophy. Wait, yeah, so I'm, I'm to understand that you put on a golf tournament. Yeah. And you won the golf tournament that you put on. Yeah, I mean, I played in it. It's my tournament. You know, I played in it. Uh, Chattanooga Classic champion right there. And, um, yeah, I won. The third annual uh, Chattanooga. How many of these have you won? 
Uh, we've had three. I've won two. Okay, I won I the first so. one, and I won, and I won this one. Yeah, uh, somebody else won last year, but I had to get my trophy back. How ridiculous is is the trash talk? I would talk so crazy, like I would be talking oh, so. Here's the thing. So, you know, golf is a gentleman's game. It's a gentleman's game. So you know, I mean, you another, talk trash. Another you, reason I don't. You play talk it. like not this. This what I will say because <laughs> Blake out there like bitch in your motherfucking face. <laughs> Like you know, it's like there can be a little bit of that. It won't. It should never be to that level, Nate. Like you, it's like if you're doing that, it's like come on, bro. Like we out here playing golf. Like what the fuck? We not hooping. Uh, but you know, it's like for if me, Michael it's Jordan not play it. It's gonna be some of that in whatever it is. It's like there's trash talking, but to me, it's more of like mental games. Like when Austin was balling day one, I didn't play with him. Like I was in another group. So when I heard he was balling or, you know, that he went off, I'm like, okay, well, I'm riding in his cart tomorrow. Like he, he got to sit next to me, you know, because if I'm losing to you, there's, there's just going to be small things that I do to try to win, especially if there's like something on the line. And especially if we have a relationship. Now, if you some random stranger, I ain't saying nothing to you. I'm like, I'm not playing no mind game. I'm nothing like that. We just playing. Uh, but you know, with Austin, you know, it's a lot of good shot, man. Good sh- mm, bad luck there, man. But you got it, man. You got like, hey, man, you keep playing how you playing. There's no reason why you shouldn't win. Like, you just say a whole bunch of shit like that to just make people just think about it a little bit more. And then, you know, when as the as it's closing and you start playing bad, that's when I just go quiet. I don't say a word. I don't say good child. I don't say bad. I don't say nothing. I just want you to be in your head because if you play golf, golf is so mental. Like you just be in, like you keep fucking up. You and that and that compiles. It compiles. So then I just I, don't, I just play my game. I just leave you alone. I mean, so that's so that was the strategy, you know. And and Austin had a great front nine, back nine. You know, he struggled, but Austin's still growing. Like I want to first of all, I want to give him a lot of credit because. He still, I mean, it ain't like he like the the best golfer, so he's still getting better, and he should actually be proud of how he played over the weekend. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, it's so just you it's just dissected how you took this man's game down, and then you want to give him. We start with love, Alex. Like we don't give love on the back end after you done already told us how you did. Nah, man, I said the nigga was balling. What else? I, what else do niggas want me to say? <laughs> like, damn, the nigga was balling. He was whooping my ass. Whooping my and then and then even when we started on the next day he continued to whoop my ass but then you know I turned up and you know he faltered a little bit. See so that's that the context good. that we need, Alex. You just set it up okay. like that nigga. That my nigga bad. was doing good until he got in there until my he bad. had to ride shoddy with me with big hey, AC in the motherfucking building. Then all of a sudden, like <laughs> it could it could have been me. It could have been coincidental. You know, I mean, you got to ask him. You know, yeah, golf isn't for me. You know yeah. the villain in all the kids childhood stories where there's a sport they're playing against the kid he's really not that good he's physical mean he ends up losing and and and, and has to apologize and i'm 100 percent that mean kid in every sport ever mm. like like what i love draymond you know what i'm saying every time draymond out there acting stupid i'm like i love this song like you know what i'm saying that's 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 my energy so uh, gentlemen, the first good shot I'm gonna be upset. I'm like, all right, he playing with me. Like, leave me alone. <laughs> then we miss. Like, if we cool, like this nigga. <laughs> if we cool, then yeah, that's how we talk. Like, if I was playing against, you know, just somebody else who like who is my like Jordan. Like when I play against Jordan, mm-hmm. me and Jordan, like I'm talking shit to Jordan like all day, <laughs> the whole time we playing. Especially if we got like ten dollars on the line or something. Uh, you know, I'm like, yeah, like I need you to miss this right here. Like or like go ahead and miss this putt, man, so I can go ahead and get to my putt. Like you know, it just be just little shit like that. Okay. You know, um, so yeah, but it's just 
in this type of environment where we like kind of trying to replicate this official tournament environment, uh, you know, it's just not as okay, much of that. Okay. You know, it's just not as much of that. I see what you're saying. Uh, yeah. But I will say, man, I just played in this event this past weekend. Um, and there's an app There's a app that I use when I golf. It's called Grint. I have no idea why it's called that. But they do their own amateur tour. Like, so they hold events, and I'm a part of their Atlanta tour because uh, they just throw events in Atlanta, and I'll just, you know, drive a couple hours, go play in it. But I played in my second one yesterday, uh, and they split it up by flights. So based on your skill level, you play against, you know, this amount of people. I think in my it was like 20 people. But, I mean, I probably had one of the best rounds of my life, bro. Like one of the best rounds of my life. And a nigga in my group was really trying to like, he was really trying to play those games. Like I was destroying everybody after the front nine, like going the fuck off. And, you know, I'm quietly doing it in my brain. I'm like, bro, I am going the fuck <laughs> off. Like these folks think I'm cold as hell. And I'm, and I, and, you know, I'm not sorry, but bro, I'm, not I'm going off on these niggas. <laughs> Alex like, like I'm golfing on. out of my mind right now. <laughs> like, nigga, I'm, I'm Jason like, Tatum putting up 46 right now. God like damn. for real. Like niggas like, <laughs> So then in the last tournament, I did something similar. But then on the back nine, I just slawed out. And he ended up winning. And he just kept bringing that shit up. He was like, oh, yeah, I remember you the last time because you had that great front. But then I came back and win. <laughs> you know, just laughing and shit. I'm like, bro, like, quit bringing that shit up. Like, I'm already, that shit I'm already hurt my feelings you, when it happened. Right. So after this front nine, he was like, all right, I mean, here we go again. You know what I'm saying? Like, he was really trying to get in my head. Like, And then he said some shit like, all right, I'm about to just go ahead and win this tournament. I'm like damn like who does this nigga think he is so for that reason i had to just continue going hard and uh, i ended up shooting plus eight which is the best i've ever shot in my life is plus seven so i shot plus eight yesterday in a tournament i'm like bro this is lit one my flight uh you know got a nice little trophy guy and they gave me a gift card and but they told me like look bro you gotta we moving you up a flight because everybody felt like in in golf if your handicap is like inflated People will say you sandbagging, like right. you're you're trying to act like you're not as good, but you really are as good, so you can play against not as good players. Right. I'm like, I know everybody gonna think that when you go to fuck off. I'm like, I know that it was just an incredible day, but regardless, you know, y'all just gotta sit there and take that fucking L and watch me take this picture with this trophy. Take so. that, take that, take that, take that. Shout out AC. Shout out Big Money AC winning it, oh, uh, winning the tournament last week. <laughs> Thank you. That's what's up. Uh, we got. Back, yeah, you, so you, you had two tournaments. Wait, you had two tournament wins back to back. It's kind of lit. Yes, back to back weekends. Yeah, yeah that's lit. Two trophies. Don't yeah, oh man, <laughs> <laughs> not again, nigga. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, what tournament can I enter next weekend? Like, what the fuck? Three P, three P. But nah, man, this has been another episode of the After Five Podcast, man. We appreciate y'all tuning in. Uh, we just needed a, we needed the opportunity to kind of catch up, man. We've been kind of in and out the last couple of weeks. Uh, we've all been having some some super busy schedules. I know I can only speak for me personally. I've I've lost some people close to me as of late. Um, so just a, a whole lot happening just in life right now. Uh, so we appreciate y'all continuing to listen in on us. Uh, anybody who's going through anything right now, know our thoughts and our, our prayers are with you. Uh, we send you love and light. Anybody who is grieving right now, we send you love and light. Anybody who's just dealing with a difficult time mentally, uh, whether you're struggling with anything, um, just know that we are over here at the After Five Podcast. We send you love and light. We appreciate you. We acknowledge your experience and hopefully we can give you a break from the monotony of life uh to just
take a second and enjoy some audio experience. So continue to listen in, uh, like and subscribe. Uh, but until we talk to you next time, I'm your boy Nate B. Your boy AC. And your boy Tyo. Peace. Peace. Holla.